actually getting yourself ready for our show. Everybody, Jigs and Bigs. It's another Tuesday, a brand new show. We have a brand new guest. We got Lance Clark with us. You know, Lance is a guy that likes to fish, and he's very, very, very adamant about that fact. Uh, we're going to be talking with him. He works with uh, Reaction Tackle that uh, that I'm a huge fan of, and also with uh, some other companies that we're going to dive into as well. But uh, Lance is going to talk to us about river fishing, all kinds of good stuff you don't want to miss out on. Uh, Sean the Fisherman was up in the great state of Maine. Dare I say the, the, the greatest of all the New England states really i mean that's that's my real impression but he was up uh recreating quite a bit and uh testing out some brand new gear that is or at least new to him uh that uh we're gonna have information on in just the tip uh we got who the fuck is joe brown with us of course and uh apparently there's some big boat woes for joe but we'll get all the details about that guy's been a crazy week insane week with all kinds of crazy weather like extreme kind of weather happening around the uh massachusetts all, all over new england really so much good stuff that we got to talk about and bait of the week this week for you we have position number three on our top five favorite baits that we've uh, been enjoying throwing lately much more good stuff coming up on this week's edition of jigs and bigs we'll see you after this I'm going to try to do this entire show in one beer. That's what I'm going to try to do. One beer. We're going to try to do this entire show. It's going to be a great show, guys. I have, I, I've, I've said it actually, I think, in every single interview that I've recorded just this week. And it, when it rains, it pours. We have so many guests. So many guests. This week, we've got Lance Clark with us. Lance likes to fish. But we also have, uh, I recorded with uh, Jeremy Seabolt. And uh, Jeremy has a really cool uh, TikTok that involves his entire family getting out there and fishing his wife both of his kids and his youngest is actually super like we thought Vinny was was stoked on fishing guys wait till you hear this interview it is insane uh gentlemen how are you how has your week been exhausted just got off the road wet uh I'm ready to pitch I've about been a little shit, moist Bobby. I've been a little moist myself today today's been very moist it's been very moist in the shred house I did. I did well staying out of the rain this week. Yeah, good yeah, for I you. Didn't, yeah, I didn't do any fishing really at all this week. It's you know sometimes you need to. And actually, I had the ability this week to go out pretty much almost every single day, with the exception of of being a little bit nervous about some of the pop up storms that we've been having, which. Even you know, I, I had to risk it for the biscuit uh, Saturday and Sunday. So we'll get we'll get into all that stuff. Um, I don't know, man. It's just been freaking wild. How was it out of town, Sean? Your weather up there? Friday. Well, we got in Thursday night. Friday was Friday was pretty nice out. Mm -hmm. uh, calm wind out of the south. Yep. Um, partly cloudy. Really great fishing day. Caught some decent fish. Nice. Uh, fishing with a friend. I might as well just get into my week. Yeah. Uh, why don't you dive uh, in? Because this, this is how it, this is how it topped off. Um. 
fished with a friend from high school and, and he and I honestly haven't fished together in probably 25 or 26 years. It's been a long time. And he now has a, a beautiful property up in, I guess, central Maine um, on nice. a lake. Just had the house built. We stayed uh, we stayed with him last year before the house was built. We brought Nelson's trailer up there and, uh, you know, and, and stayed up there for a tournament for a weekend. And this year his house was built. So we were able to crash all the comfort creatures. It was really nice. Nelson yep. still fished a tournament. Uh, my buddy Dave and I, uh, again, thanks to him. Thanks, Dave. Great job host with the most we had a blast this week uh this weekend uh dave and i got to fish quite a bit uh he got to try a pedal kayak for the first time i brought nice. up both of the the uh native uh, ultimate propels um we're going to be talking about me putting on that old pair of shoes because yeah. there's a lot to learn we're going to be talking about that in just a tip uh, he and I had a blast. He's got um, a lake with largemouth, smallmouth. Unfortunately, no northerns, but believe me, with the largemouth and smallmouth action, particularly the smallmouth, we had a blast Sweet. over two days. And uh, there was a lot of good food and a lot of good, of, uh, you know, Grampy's cough medicine going around. Nice. But Friday's, fr yeah, Friday's weather, fantastic. That's, you know, that's cloud awesome. Cloudy. Got it, some it, it was still pretty hot up there. Yeah, mid-80s. Yeah. It was, it wasn't it wasn't over the top and then yeah. uh yesterday yesterday things things got a little worse man the wind really picked up and mm -hmm. it was a little more difficult uh, the fish weren't you know the fish weren't as willing to bite now i should also mention friday night we had that we had a band of storms move across the area just north of us and it still dropped the pressure and it still dropped yeah. the temperature and even though we didn't get any lightning, thunder, hail, et cetera, it kind of took the fishing down a notch. And, down. and yeah. Saturday, Saturday was a little tougher day. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolute blast of a weekend. Um, hopefully going to do it again next year. This was, this was great. It was, it was fucking phenomenal. I have no complaints. Nelson did all right in the tournament. Uh, ended up finishing 10th in Angler of the Year for, for that circuit. Nice. And um, congrats to him. Yeah, he had a hell of a year. That's all. Hang on. I got to give it up for the people's choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. Got to give it up. Of course. Uh, uh, other than that, I didn't fish at all this week. It was all prep. Yeah, prep. Know? Prep is like that. And actually, it's funny because this week coming, I got a lot of prep. I've got a wedding coming up on a Monday coming up. Shout out to Keith and Rebecca. Their, their wedding's coming up. Uh, I don't think either one of them listens to the show, but, you know, I think some of their family actually does. Um, so we, uh, I've, I've got a wedding coming up with them. But prep, the big prep, really, because a lot of that stuff, the boxes are all checked. It's just kind of double-checking for that. The real prep has to do with camp hook set. Oh boy, oh, boy, baby. Uh, so the shit show is going on next weekend. And here's the thing. Your boy Bobby Roast Beef is celebrating his birthday this week. He turns 46 on Tuesday. Yep. Old enough, but still young enough to be a dumb asshole sometimes. You know what I mean? And uh, I plan on celebrating as if it were my actual birthday that weekend. Um, I will be making fried uh, mortadella and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> An Anthony Bourdain recipe that I've been wanting to fuck around with. Um, I picked up some jigglers of my own. Um, oh boy. Which, by the way, I, I dispensary review, just saying, 
Um, part of my week this last week, Friday, was just running errands and restocking things and stuff like that. It's part of the reason why I didn't get out to fish on Friday because I had a, a meeting um, mid-morning. And then I, at, following that, I had uh, uh, an interview to record. Uh, and then I had some errands to run in the afternoon, some stuff that I needed to pick up. Um, both of those errands had to do with the cannabis dispensaries, if I'm being completely straightforward. Uh, so I went to my, my regular haunt to pick up a bunch of items that we had just run out of because we used them all up, you know. Um, and the other spot, there was a, I had first time I had ever gone to a, a theory, theory wellness and uh, went out to, uh, yeah, you're right, Nelson. Uh, it is possibly going to turn into Hurricane Hookset. Uh, it, it might be a shit show. Who knows? Um, so anyway, I had uh, I had made an order uh, for some jigglers based on your glowing reviews, Sean the Fisherman. Gl- like glowing, like, like fireworks type reviews. Um, <laughs> you know... I'm coughing. Let's let's turn this into a. You know, I know you're starting. I want to. I want to take the next step because I don't really get into this. I make. I have a lot of innuendo that goes on with this, but I want to talk a little bit. Yeah. About this product and its delivery method for this weekend because there were some things. There was happened. an alternate <laughs> delivery. Okay. All there right. There was there was some alternate delivery. Yep. Yes. But you go ahead. Please continue. So I had. So my my thought was like I typically I I was I was looking to see if they had the Jiggler's strain that I've heard so much about in another form, in either a tincture or an oil, because really I don't I don't utilize flour a whole lot. I mean, I didn't realize that we were going to be talking about weed in the first 15 minutes, but here we are. Hey, guys, here we are. <laughs> Party time. Party time. But um, <laughs> the thing is, is, is that I, I generally, I've realized recently in the last couple of years that flour just freaking wrecks me. Um, it, it really just does. So I generally don't have a use for flour, but there is one usage of flour that I forget about. I have a device that's called a Dynavap. You guys ever heard about this? <laughs> I have. <laughs> so a, a Dynavap, what a Dynavap is, if I say the term one hitter, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Of course. Right. So it's like a no. small cylindrical type pipe or something like that. And uh, you don't burn the the, the flower particle, uh, particle inside. You don't burn the, the cannabis and combust it at all. There's a special cap that goes over and you can use any heat source. This is a vaporizer, but it doesn't utilize its own heat source. So there's no batteries. There's nothing like that. It's really, really primitive. And it's man. It, it's uh, made 100 percent in the U.S., uh, and in, I think it's made in Wisconsin. It's somewhere in the Midwest. What an amazing company. A fantastic company. But this this small, light, metallic vape, you can pack it, and then the cap is designed where it's got like this two-ply of metal that when it heats up to an optimum temp- temperature, the metal bends and makes a clicking sound. So that's, and you can feel it when you hold it. Like, it, you know what it feels like? What? A small fish strike on ultralight gear, like dink. Like, that's what uh, it feels like. And you're like, all right, cool. Okay, it's done. You can draw a couple of hits from it, and you're good to go. In fact, after you've vaped this flour that's in there, you can save it and then cook and, you know, make coconut oil or butter or whatever you want to make edibles with later because it will still retain. So it's like it's it's crazy effective as far as getting every bit out of the flour that you're buying. Like, it really is. You can use it and then use it again. Um 
comedian uh, that I, I saw over the weekend, uh, Pete Davidson, that I saw over the weekend had uh, told a joke about a buddy of his that was, you know, taking rips off of a off of a water pipe and then like exhaling into a soda bottle and saving it for later. And he's like, I didn't know you could do that. I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I don't think it works that way. I don't think it does. <laughs> but who who am I? You know what I mean? So anyway. Um, I had uh, I had gotten you know this review uh, about the Jigglers and the, all that they had was flour. So this is the first time in history I have ever picked up an eighth at a drive-through. Excellent. Like I'll tell you, like for medical patients, Theory has a drive-through and it's beautiful, especially when it's like ninety-three degrees and you can just keep the AC going in your car. I roll up to the window, I show my both my forms of identification, they pull up my order, bingo, we're on our way. What a time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness. I love America. Thank you, gentlemen, Let's for your service. <laughs> let's let's fill the people in on where the origin of jigglers came from. Yes. The, this summer uh during my Cape Cod trip um sightseeing around Cape Cod usually most folks take a uh, take a day and go up to Provincetown. It's just a wacky town. It's a great place. The food's fantastic. We discovered there's a number of local mom and pop dispensaries there. So I went in and my brother and I were walking around and there's a theory section there. So theory is a, not only a dispensary, but they apparently create and sell yep. their own. Yeah. They sell their, their, there's what's the term. Um, they're a proprietary <sighs> strain. Yeah. They sell their own strains. So I guess they're, I don't know, not a retailer or whatever, whatever the fuck they sell their strains in mom and pop stores. So they had a number of theories and a uh, theory products on this one table. And I was just walking through and I'm looking and one of them says, Jigglers, which of course, because I'm 12 years old, that fucking yes. made me laugh. Yep. And then I, it had no description, so I had to call the bud tender, dispensary, dispensary technician over and say, "What? Please explain what the Jigglers is and does." And she told me, and it's a 100% indica, which is my favorite because I generally use um, with with you know As my medical stuff. Time. I use it yeah. sleepy time, hence the Grampy Sleepy Time. Um. Smoke whatever we've been called tobacco, and um, I grabbed some of that, and it is, I think, the cannabis I've been looking for. It's phenomenal. There's no paranoia. You get a couple giggles, and you go to sleep. Yep. The end. And with me wearing a CPAP, I need to get to sleep. That helps immeasurably. Yep. Um, so I grabbed some of that on the Cape, and. It got me through that. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I said, this is fantastic. And I've been recommending it to people. So I did bring some up to, um, up to, uh, you were in Maine, Alexandria, Alexandria, oh, Bay. Alexandria Bay. That's right. Yep. Brought some up there. And while Chris and I were in his workshop, getting me acquainted with the airbrush, we may have done a little, you know, you gay experimentation jigglers. with the jigglers and you it worked to. out fantastically. So, um, Chris was also thumbs up <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's good stuff. So I, I, we're not like in any way tied to theory, but they make a hell of a product. Yeah. Get your jigglers. If you got a theory near you and it's legal in your state, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy. So, so that was, that was for me, uh, that, that was a, a big point for me on Friday. Now, earlier in the week, um, you know, Monday I had gotten my plan 
was to knock out as much prep as I possibly could on everything for Monday. Um, and I do think I even got out actually for a short bit to fish and that went nowhere. Um, you know, Monday I wrapped up trivia, came back and, uh, uh, that I went out on Tuesday and actually I went out uh, relatively early with, uh, Chrissy to fish, uh, up the shears on Tuesday. Now in our FTG, you're going to hear a little bit about this right here, but the spot we went to fish has, I would say if I had to be nice about it, I would say they have one of the most creative parking situations at any launch I've ever seen. Um, you need like an absolute master course in uh, trailer manipulation in order to be able to pull this stuff off. If you arrive a boy, you will leave a man with your trailer. <laughs> That's that. It's it's that. I don't understand where the engineering came from. I almost pulled all the way down to see if there was like a turnaround. And no, no, not unless you're driving into the water. <laughs> Correct. You know, I was like, huh, and I, I thought better of it, and I used that kind of street to sort of do a little three-point action so that I could park the right way to load and unload my boat. Um, so we had gone out, and this fishery has a pretty nice wide assortment of, of species, both largemouth and smallmouth. Um, and a good, I've heard actually from multiple sources that for the multi-species species uh, tournament that's ongoing right now this is an ideal spot to go uh big 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 sunfish uh lots of yellow perch lots of pickerel uh all kinds of you know what most people would consider to be a nuisance and actually i think trout as well i think uh, i think the most people actually fish there for trout so we had gone out and um i had uh caught a, a literal militia of bluegill um, and again, like I could have probably, uh, I could have increased the blue, the, the bluegill I had on the board, but why? I mean, I technically, I, I guess I should have just thrown them in my, my any five to at least pick up another point. And I keep neglecting that. You should have because of the tiebreaker aspect. Yeah. You got to think about that. Yeah. You know? You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, God, these are, and for, I will say this, the, the majority of which were, uh, either not making the minimum or were not doing me any justice as far as like moving up any further along the, the, the ranks of, of other bluegill. But apparently I have no, sh no, no difficulty catching bluegill, uh, because that's pretty much been it for the most, most part this week. Um, I had, uh, I had then made plans with her to, uh, fish another great multi-species spot that I, I canceled those plans because the heat this week was so nuts that, uh, you know, schools have been doing these half days and I'm like, I'm not going to go launch my boat to just have to be, you know, to be on the water for 45 minutes or so to go. And, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. So I decided I'd put it off until later and cross my fingers that we didn't get hammered with storms at the worst possible times, you know, uh, on the later end of the week. So I canceled those plans on Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I just had a bunch of stuff that I had to get done, had some some interview stuff to do, some meetings. And uh, Friday, that brought us to, to Friday with the running the errands. Now, Friday, I did something really, really cool. Um, I had uh, my wife, this was back in, this was probably back in July. My wife had... Uh, sent me a message and said, oh my God, I can't believe this. Did you see the show in Springfield that's coming? And it was John Stewart, uh, John Mulaney, and Pete Davidson. John, John, and Pete. And that's how they're billing it. And I said, oh no. And she's like, we gotta go. 
It's like, all right, go ahead, get tickets. We'll do it. It'll be awesome. It'll be so much fun. Um, she said uh, she went and got tickets. Now, what she didn't tell me was that she got third row tickets for this show. Like, okay, I'm noticing a theme here that when she is buying tickets for something, she doesn't like to just mail it in and like, yeah, we're there. You know what I mean? No, she wants to. She wants the act on stage to know that we're there. And uh, we had gone, and so Friday was the show, and, and we were expecting some storms to come through in the evening. So for us, it was, you know, they have the parking garage at the Mass Mutual Center completely closed off. Yep. So, which is insane to me. So it's on-street parking, and it's trying to figure out the, the best way to be closest when walking in the rain. So we had, we'd gotten into town kind of early. We wanted to have some drinks and, and something to eat before we had gone in. We went into Jackalope. And uh, for those of you in the area, in the in the Springfield area, Jackalope is a restaurant that if you're not going out and enjoying, you are missing out. It was out of this world. We just had, uh, we split one of their uh, pizzas. We had a duck and goat cheese pizza uh, with an order Ooh. of their calamari, which was out of this world. And uh, I had, what did I have for a, a cocktail? I had a, like a spicy margarita. Um and I only had one margarita, so you know how that goes. Um, my uh, my wife had a gin drink that she didn't really like. She was like, ah, she's like, you know, it's just, it's a glass of booze with a cucumber in it. And I'm like, yeah, that, I, I kind of thought that was right up your alley, to be totally honest. She put it down with no problem, but then she had herself, now she's, my wife has started a beer list. Um, oh, that's right. Thursday, we went out to lunch, and uh, her and I, we went to Plan B. We saw Rico. It was nice to, to, to catch up and uh, had a couple of beers. And again, she had a half day because of this, these heat advisories. So, uh, you know, she started at that day on Thursday. She started a beer list. Well, she added another one on, on Friday to her list. And I'm noticing a theme. They're all like super bitter, like all double IPAs, you know, a handful of sours, stuff like that. So I'm kind of getting a, an idea of like the stuff where if I have to pick something out for her, I have a feeling where it's going to go. And uh, so we had, you know, finished up our, our drinks and our apps over at Jackalope. We got in the truck and then we uh, looped around the block a bunch around uh, Symphony Hall, specifically looking for uh, a good parking spot. And we did find a great parking spot, a little bit of a hack. And I'm not going to share it on the show because there are that few of those spots and that that secret is mine. So <laughs> I'm not giving that shit up to anybody. But we found a little hack that worked out really great. We went over to the show. It was awesome. Uh, bumped into some trivia teams, actually. Uh, one at Jackalope and then the same one at the show on the way out. And then I bumped into another tri tri trivia team on my way out. So that was fun. We had ourselves a great time. It was awesome. The show was fantastic. Uh, Pete Davidson did say along the way, and I thought this was hilarious, and this is fishing related. He goes, yeah, I went and I uh, bought some clothes at the uh, the old Bass Pro Shops. And what's funny, and I was I was telling Joe in the in the uh, the pre pre production meeting um, that uh, Pete Davidson walked out on stage wearing a pair of like Carhartt overalls, right denim ones, with like a Carhartt hoodie underneath, and then a pair of like the four inch or five inch like extra tough boots, like like boat boots. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, that's a little interesting. So I guess he really did go to Bass Pro and pick up some. Some some articles of clothing, some fashion, some Bass Pro right. fashion, and I'm like, all right, okay, whatever it is. And in fact, there was a Q and A after the show where all three of them were out, and somebody had asked, like, oh, what are you wearing for sneakers? 
to Pete, and he was like, "No, no, no these aren't sneakers. The little boots." <laughs> <laughs> there were the little extra tough boots. I'm like, that's adorable. That's awesome. fucking adorable. Uh, great show. Had a great time. Came home and jigglers went to bed. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so I had uh, Saturday. I had uh, unfortunately my I had an uncle that passed this week, so we had a, a service to go to for him. So Holly and I had gone out. Nice and early, and uh, we we did that. Then we had breakfast afterwards. We stopped at good old Rusty's in Holyoke, had breakfast, came home, hung out for a little while, and I said, you know what? I had an interview to record um, that was with with Jeremy Siebel, an interview to record in the afternoon, early afternoon. And I said, after that's done, I'm going to take a ride up and see if I can't beat this storm. Because I'm looking at the radar, and Saturday didn't look like it was going to be all that bad. Um, Up the shears. So I said, I'm going to risk it for the biscuit. Let's get, let's send it. So I went up. I went up to Stockbridge Bowl. Is what I did, and there was a big rowing event that was happening over there, and, and apparently they had canceled it because of lightning. Um, the organizers had said, you know, the events canceled, but a lot of these people were there on boats, and they're just like, we're dropping them in regardless of this because we came all the way up here for this event. So there were all these like super compact rowing vessels. I, I don't even know some of them I don't even know whether to call it a kayak or a canoe or a hybrid or what but these some of these mm. things were crazy and of course everybody who's logging who's who's launching their boats are out there is taking note of the Titan 13.5 and they're just like holy shit that thing's huge and I'm like well I'm not a little person I kind of require a large <laughs> boat I have what you might call a bit of a weight problem and uh, I'm like, I have full confidence in this boat that it's got the stability and the ability to haul anything that I've got to bring out with me with no real concerns. And uh, and it works great. So I went out there with a plan in hand and I went out, man, I saw so many yellow perch that I needed to get on my board and I got bit. So I caught so many bluegill and I had a number of fish that would tap the uh, the the bait that I was throwing and then shake off at one point or another. I don't know if any of those were yellow perch or rock bass, but I kind of needed them all. Nothing, nothing at all. Caught a tiny largemouth while I was out there as well. Um, that bit, that presentation. Um, fooled around a bit as the sun started to really kind of go down to throw some top water just for fun because I was like, if I'm amongst all these bluegill, let me, let me at least see if we can catch some bass on top water. That would at least be fun. And then the lightning started to roll in across to my, I guess, to the west. I could see over, over by the mountains some, like, cloud-to-ground contact. And I'm like, we're, we're fucking out of here. Um, not a lot of thunder, but just seeing the flash and looking over and being like, oh shit. So I, you know, put the pedals in motion and headed back over to the launch, loaded everything up, got the boat back on and headed home, got home, went to bed nice and early this morning. I got up, um, and I had, you know, some errands that I needed to take care of kind of early. Um, and I decided, you know, my wife does this thing where she'll get up before I do to come downstairs and brew a pot of coffee. And then my wife is really into video games. She's a gamer, you know? And she will come down, fire up the old PS5, and then play, like, Diablo or whatever it is that she's been... I think Diablo's the one. That's the flavor of the week. So, you know, she'll go and she'll play that. What are you going to have to add your wife on PlayStation? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm a closet game, very closet gamer. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, she's uh, she and she doesn't like to play online because she doesn't like to play with other people. She just likes to kill shit. And I'm like, you have issues. I love your wife. I'm the same way. I oh, hate talking man. to people. I hate. Yep. But sometimes you got to. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's like it's it's just it's a necessary evil. So she likes to do this thing where that's what she'll do. She'll get up early and she won't wake me up. And she'll just sit there and have her coffee and play and, you know, sit there. And I'll have the dog upstairs, Eleanor, and I'm just snoring my ass off. I slept till like 930. I get up and I'm like, dude, wake me up. I don't set an alarm during the week because or, or I don't set an alarm on the weekends because I don't I don't have anything to wake up, any reason to wake up. I'm like, but if you're up, wake me up. Oh, I just figured I'd let you sleep. Great. So I get up, I'm up, I have some coffee, I drink a big bottle of water, and I think within like 30 or 45 minutes, my wife is passed out on the couch with the little dog. Like So it's like sleep too, you know what I mean? Um, and snoring like... Like snoring hard. <laughs> and there wasn't even an effect there. That was just a natural sound of her that I recorded that you guys are hearing a sample, those that are listening. Worry about yourselves, jigheads. <laughs> so she likes to take these these long, like, you know, sleep part two naps. And I'm just like, why am I sitting here? The girls had gone out to just go and hang out and find something to do. I said, I'm going to go fishing. I still got the boat already hitched up. Everything's ready to go. Let's just go. So I went locally. And uh, it I knew it looked like we were supposed to get some storms. And I was just like, I'm going somewhere small. It'll be no big deal. This is where your boy went wrong today. First off, I had gone and uh, I had this pond I had gone to. I hadn't seen ever seen this water as dirty as I have where the launch was. Like this was like, it was like chocolate milk. I've never seen it that dirty here. And then I remembered that the, the storm I went through up the shears was a fraction of what they got locally over here. Like, they got rain that felt like the rain was being thrown down. Like, it was just crazy. So I'm like, okay, so they got some significant rainfall. All right, no sweat. So I make my way over to the far part of this pond. And I'm, again, like, I'm looking at the radar and stuff, and I'm keeping an ear to hear of any thunder or anything like that. And I'm over here fishing by the dam, the furthest part away from the launch that there is. And I start hearing thunder, and I'm like... Where is it? Let's take a look. And I looked on my ra- on my on the radar on my phone, and I could see like there was this pocket that was coming in, and it looked at least when I saw it, it looked like it was moving quick. So I'm like, maybe it'll kind of skirt us, and it won't be too bad. It did not skirt us. So uh, it started to actually get pretty close, and I could hear these this thunder, and there was some flashing that I was like, all right, so it's a little bit closer than I thought. So I made the uh, the the educated guess instead of just making a run for the launch and getting stuck in it to go to a spot where the bank kind of like, there's a big drop off there, but there's a little bit of a sandbar that kind of comes off and I go and I beach the boat there and I go up onto the, onto the bank and I'm hanging out and I'm looking at the radar and everything. And then I realize if I zoom out a little bit more, yeah, while this is moving slower than I realize, there's a nice break in between that and like the main chunk of the 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 storm that's moving upward, you know, into our way from the southwest. And I'm like, ah, do I go? What do I do? What do I do? So I look at the percentage of uh, the the chance of thunderstorms, and it was at eighty where I was, and then the next two hours were at ninety percent. So I said, now is the time. 
because I'm not going to hitchhike and get a ride to the launch to haul my freaking boat or to haul my truck around just so I can pull this thing up this cliff and then load it. I'm like, I don't have, ain't nobody got time for that. So I decide to take all of my rods, utilize my horizontal rod storage, and pedal as if my ass were on fire. And I pedaled so fast. I was on plane. Almost. <laughs> I was almost on plane. Uh, I was moving fast. And this is, I got about two thirds of the way there. And I was like, oh, this is going to fucking happen. Like it had gotten, it had lightened up a little bit. Then the dark, dark clouds started rolling in. I'm like, uh oh, I got the boat to the launch, flashbang boom. Drop the 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 landing gear and uh, pulled that sucker up on the trailer in one so- swift move, right up the ramp, right into the trailer. Done. Put my rods in. You know, I was using the the uh, the tailgate as my cover. You know, for as far as putting my my rod sleeves on and, and all that stuff, packing everything up, making sure everything's done the right way. Hit the road and then holy shit, all hell broke loose. Like it was just storm of the century. So I was like, I think I made the call. I made the right call because I would have been sitting there on that bank for a good two hours. Honestly, I probably only would have gotten home now, to be totally honest with you. Like as far as like if I had to make my way all the way back to my truck, I could have called oh, yeah. Uber, I guess, you know. But by the time I had gotten there and gotten everything loaded, yeah, I think I made the right call. But man, it was it was dicey. I was like, this could be fucked up. I could be electrocuted, something serious, you know? That's why if I even see a whiff of any thunderstorms coming here, man, I get off the water or I don't go out there. You know, tournaments be damned. There's, there's, well, you know, and I think too much of a risk. I think the important thing is is to to have a plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, To to have some kind of a plan. That was sort of my plan going on is that I know that there are multiple spots around here, very few on that end of the pond, where I could get out of the kayak and, you know, seek shelter, get off the water at least. Um, Further closer toward the launch, there's, there's a handful of other spots that would be much, much easier. But again, going back and getting the boat there, there's the issue, you know? Um, it's not like I'm going to tie them tie it off and just leave it there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly. not happening. You know, let's be honest. Um, I might actually prefer to get struck by lightning than, uh, have to hear about it from, uh, our cohorts at TBO. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it was something, man, you know, it, it really was. So, um, I, you know, the only fish that I was really able to add as far as new species, I did put a small mouth on the board for the tournament, which is fantastic. I'll take it. Tiny small mouth. Um, I measured the first smallie I caught that day. There were other ones that I, I again, and, and yeah, you're right. I should have, I should have entered them in there just for the tiebreakers. You're hundred percent right. Um, and then I got on a weird largemouth bite on that, on that Tuesday, but that was really it. That was the best fishing I had this week was Tuesday in the heat with the dark crystal folks all over the place. <laughs> but we'll be talking about Gross. that in, uh, FDG. Um, Oh man, what else? As far as my week fishing, that's it. Like I said, though, it's it's prep. Now this would be a good transition, Joe. You're you're going to Camp Hookset, right? I'm gonna try to make an appearance. I have some gotcha. other uh, <clears throat> other things on the schedule that it kind of butts up with, but mm. uh, 
I should be. I won't be able to like stay the weekend, but I should be able to make an appearance. Nice. Um, hoping to at least. I, that's obviously something I do not want to miss. I uh, I am doing. I'm for sure going to be there on Saturday. Okay. Um, okay. It's going to happen. Like, like, am I going to camp uh, and stick around for the Sunday festivities? A lot of that's going to depend on the weather, like what's going on. I don't really love camping in like crazy heat. And if we have like stupid, stupid rain where I can't open the windows, that's gonna that's gonna kill it for me too. Um, so I'm gonna go right. equipped and ready to go and party and everything. But I mean, if if the conditions are horrible, I will probably be making that trip either once and making just uh, make it worth it for the day, or right. twice and come back again on Sunday for everything else. It's, it's only yep. like about an hour and a half away, so it's not terrible, but. Yeah, I think it's actually yeah. even closer for you. Yeah, it's a little bit closer, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah so we'll see. I obviously, yeah. it's something I want to check out. I mean, I fucking love all those guys. Oh yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, it conflicts a little bit of scheduling, but oh, yeah. I, I, I should be able to make it work. Word on the street is that uh, OG Scuba Steve uh, will not be in appearance. He's uh, he just like this week, I guess, had some car issues, and he's like, yeah, he's like, dude, he's like, that's gonna kill my budget. He's like, I'm not gonna be able to make it happen. So it's, I'm a little unsure if Cody's gonna make it because I believe they're riding up together. So we'll we'll figure it out. We'll see what what the what the story is. So uh, yep. I'm looking forward to it. I have no idea what the fishing is like. I've asked around um, some friends of the show, some other hookset hoodlum uh, pro staffers. I've asked, you know, uh, what they thought about it. Mixed reviews on that that body of water. But in regardless of how the fishing is, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. So it'll be good shit. Oh, yeah, good always shit. is with those fucking and I'm really, animals. I'm really looking forward to going because uh, dust off. Brandon's going to be there. Oh, I didn't. Oh, shit. Yeah. That, yeah, I might have to just because of that. Yeah, I, have, like, I have yet to, you know, we've chatted, but I have yet I've to never him. met him. Yeah, exactly. I've had yeah. him on the show and I've, I've spoken to him before, but yeah, dust off will be there. So that's pretty funny. The, fa <laughs> the fact that he's a fucking Blackhawk pilot, I kind of turned into a little uh, fangirl. Oh, you totally. Know? Come <laughs> you know on. I, mean? <laughs> did you, I guess, I guess he was able, he put a, a reel up. Um, did you see he took his, his wife out? Yeah, that's yeah, they, awesome. They do, so they they actually do that. Uh, so they they probably did it when uh, Sean was in too. Um, they'll do like they'll do uh, spouse appreci appreciation. They'll do um, yep. employer appreciation for like oh, those cool. uh, who go one week in a month. Yep. Um, so this past year they brought them up on um, on a uh, refueler, uh, KC one thirty five. The wives. And they actually brought them on a refueling mission for our, uh, F-15. So they oh, got to no sit shit. in the back of the boom and like watch it happening. So it was pretty, it was, I mean, I'm wild. sure, Sean, I'm sure you had done that in your career at one point, but like. Is it military story time? Because uh, <laughs> I have, I have a horrific story about that. Um, oh, well now it is. <laughs> no, it's, it's horrific from, for my own personal well-being. Um. I got to be careful about what I'm saying here, but I want to tell the story. First off, let's answer question number one. Yes, my wife did do the uh, yeah. military spouse appreciation flight. She had a blast. So she got to take a day off of work and go up on a C5 and yep. do that. So that was fun. My refueling story. I was working at a base where we did have, you know, a refueler or two. And my 
it wasn't even my shop chief. It was above that. My One of the supervisors above my shop chief, one of my section chiefs, I actually had as an instructor at one of the tech schools and we got along great. And he became, you know, in my chain of command once once he got out of the, the school doing the teacher, doing the uh, the instructor's uh, um, job. So one summer, I, I want to say it was like 2003, he said to me, he goes, hey, what are you doing in a couple of weeks? And I said, on the weekend, I see, he goes, do you have school? Because he knew I was going to college. And I said, no. He said, uh, do you want to uh, do you want to do a trip and play crew chief and help out the crew chiefs with their tasks? Um, do you want to go to California for a weekend? And I'm like, yeah, I've never been to California. That'd be awesome. About a week into that, that notification that we were going to California, they switched it. It was to a stop in California on the way to Hawaii. Now oh. I had people coming up to me because I had said yes, and no one wanted to go to California. Now I had people come up to me saying, hey, dude, 50 bucks, case of beer. And yeah. let me take your slot. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Well, this was back in the day before I had quit drinking. We got to California. We did our crew chief duties. And then I went to the bar. And of all the things, man, I sit down in the bar. I start talking with one of the guys there. It turns out he's the older brother of a guy I used to play basketball against. I, I knew in passing, but we knew each other. You know what I mean? I'm like, you got to be shitting me. I mean, fucking chickabee people in the middle of California. That's how it is. And it's just so bizarre. So that was that was neat. Um, we did get to watch. Uh, no, I'm not going to get into that. Uh but yeah, we um, we went to California, we went to the bar, and of course, the next day, I was a little banged up. Now, we're on a refueler, so as we get airborne, we had another plane with us, we were doing our th doing the refueler thing, and uh, the, one of the crew chiefs had seen this before, and he said, hey, Sean, why don't you go in the back and check out what so-and-so's doing on the refueling? So I went back there, and if you've been on a refueler, it's like, it's almost like there's a window and a video game controller that you lie down in, and you're controlling the boom to get that thing lined up for the other plane to refuel on, which was great. I got to lie down next uh, on the, I was on the floor. This guy was in the pit. The refueler was in the pit. And I just kind of had my head hanging over on the floor because I was hung over to fuck. <laughs> and I just kind of was watching. And the next thing you know, we're doing touch and goes on a small island on Hawaii. And I'm in the back of the plane and the pressurization is different. Oh. My oh. head felt like I was being hit with a ball peen hammer repeatedly. All right. 19 touch and goes. <laughs> I was in hell for two hours. <laughs> it hurt so much. I got off that plane and the crew chief's like, you all right? And I go, fucking no, get me to the bar. It hurts so bad. 19. I counted them. Wow. I'm like, when is this going to end? And Cause each one took like 15 minutes to go around the Island. I was, I was dying. <laughs> Oh my God, dude. So, and the best part was the refueler had gotten up at some point and just left because I was just basically passed out, hungover, drunk, whatever you want to call it, just yeah. lying there. Oh, it was fucking horrible. Horrible. God damn. The, what, the one thing about those KC 135s, I, I don't know what the, there's a new one, the KC 46. I haven't been in that yet, but uh, Sean could probably remember this. They are, it is so fucking cold inside those things like i've been on countless c-130s c5 c-17s the, there's like no temperature control on these things and literally like oh. my first time my first time going in one of these things i see everyone bringing like blankets and shit i'm like what are these fucking guys doing oh no the next couple times i was on one of those bad boys i was all bundled up it is cold up there 
I haven't, I haven't flown on one of those. I've flown on C5, C130s, and the, the 135s, but not, you know, yeah. not, not those. Yeah. Damn. Fun times. Good times. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're wasted, do not go into the back end of a fucking refueler, especially if they're doing touch and goes because the pressurization sucks and you get fucked up in the head. I'm surprised they didn't just open the door to the back when the plane landed and there was me headless with just blood everywhere. My, <laughs> that's what my head felt like. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. I was so stupid. What is that in the How back? How am I not dead? What, what's <laughs> Is that Sean in yeah. the back? What's going on? <laughs> Every touch and 19 go. times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so how was your week, Joe? You said you didn't do a, mostly. Most of this was prep, huh? No, I yeah. This is so. I uh, so first thing I know we had talked. I was talking about um, you know, possibly going down to the national championship. Yeah, Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. Well, it's official. I'm registered. The hotel's booked. Everything sweet. So I will. I will be heading down there. Uh shit. I think it's the seventh of October. Um, I'll get like three, four days of pre-fishing in and then, uh, yeah, three day tourney, 250 boats fit was a 60,000, uh, 60,000 acre Lake, Lake Hartwell is. So it's a, it's a big one, but I've, I've been doing, a, I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I've been yeah. trying to do a lot of research, a lot of reading, mapping and all that, all that jazz. Um, I did get, I did get, uh, on the water for a few minutes once. Um, I think it was shit. When was that? It was a couple days ago. Um, I brought Meg out there because I, I was actually having issues with my live scope and I wanted to get it out there and try to troubleshoot it. And, uh, <clears throat> and the reason being is cause after, uh, after my two day, I'd accidentally left something on in my trolling motor system mm. with my trolling motor batteries and fucking drained them all. And uh, with those ionic lithium batteries, if you drain them down, they go into like protection mode. Excuse me. They go into protection mode. And uh, so I had to bring those back up. And after I, and that live scope is on those, uh, is on that system. And after that happened, I cannot get my GPS or my, uh, my unit to read the live scope. So I, I friggin'. I don't know. I, I'm thinking, I'm now thinking it's like I blew a fuse or something. Um, when I, cause I, I, the way I had to get them out of protection mode, I may have like surged it and blew a fuse. Um, I know nothing about that shit. That's just what I've been reading yeah. on forums and whatnot. But luckily, the, the boat's going in for uh, routine maintenance tomorrow. I want to get all the fluids and shit changed before I head down to uh, South Carolina. So they were actually the ones that installed the system. So I'll let them fucking figure it out. Smart. I, yeah, I'm no expert by any means, but uh, I did make a purchase for the boat recently over the oh. uh, y- yesterday. So I know we had talked when it comes to live scope. One thing that really, really uh, cripples you is the fact that if you're deep water fishing, your your live scope goes wherever your trolling motor does. Yeah. Yep. Well, I bought. I bought a system. It's called the right height turret. It goes on your trolling motor, but it separates. It is completely separate from that. Your uh, live scope goes on that. You have a separate pedal where you can aim your live scope where you want, and it doesn't move with the uh, with the um, trolling motor. That's when you sexy. spot lock. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did make that purchase. 
Um, the wife doesn't know yet. <laughs> so, she will. She will Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and uh, a buddy of mine uh, hooked me up with a guy down in Rhode Island um, who hooks up all a lot of the bat, his bass boat and everything. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go through him to have it hooked up because I'll fucking I'll fuck something up if I try to do it myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so doing that. Um, Outside of that, it's just been, it's been a ton of friggin' uh, just trying to study and you know prep and see what I'm I want to use and all that shit and mapping the route I want to take all the way down there because I'm going by myself. Originally, Meg was talking about coming with me, but uh, yeah, it just doesn't. It, it's just the area. She's like, you know, with work and shit. She's like, you're gonna be fishing the whole time, so it's like it's really no sense in me going. So doing it doing it uh, by myself, you know, it's a 16 hour ride so i'll do it i'll do it in increments so i'm not gonna go straight through. that's smart yeah so i'm gonna leave saturday get there sometime sunday like sunday evening and then i got a few days to pre-fish the the hotel i booked is like 11 minutes from the launch that we're using so oh that's great yeah we use the same launch at like the uh um the elite series uses and uh-huh. stuff it's a huge launch so it'll It'll be fun. I'm, I'm That's pumped. That's awesome, dude. Now, yep. so you're that. Let's actually let's do some some pro. Let's let's. I I don't have the right sound effects, so Sean, I'm gonna need you for this. Let's peel back the beef curtain oh. here. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Um, the fuck is wrong with us? I know. So you're you're the the tournament is on the seventh, right? No, the so the tournament is the eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. Eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. Gotcha. Yep, I'm heading up there the seventh oh, to the 7th. Uh, to start pre-fishing. All right. And what what time are you coming? Are you coming back? Uh, I will be coming. I'm gonna hit the road 12th, on the fourteenth. On the fourteenth. All right. Yep. Cool. So the fifteenth. That the recording for that show won't be an issue. Um, that's Sunday night eighth. No. You want to do it live on location? Oh, I could do that. That oh, I yeah. think that'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah, that'll be that'll be slick. So we'll have Joe phoning it in live or live on location. That'll be fun. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be dope. Speaking of phoning it in, I, let me just go ahead and say this. So we've been over the last uh, what three or four, I think three episodes, we've been running a spot about the Jigs and Bigs hotline. How you guys can call in really at any time and leave us a message, and we will get back to you about you know, or we'll not, not just get back to you, but we'll possibly even use it on the show. Um, I've had, was it both interviews or just one, just this one with, with Lance, um, I believe, or no, 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 it was one of these interviews. I forget which, which one it is, but you'll hear them where you'll hear the audio sounds different. And it's just because that hotline has come in clutch with, as a backup for interviewing guests having them just call in and, and do it. It really has. So if you guys are interested in, you know, reaching out or, or, you know, giving a shout out on the show or talking some smack, or if you want to submit an FTG or anything like that, we've actually made it even easier for you on uh, using our hotline. And all you got to do, it's super easy. Just call us at 413-324-8519. That number again. 413-324-8519. So, yeah, it's just, it just, it just reminded me. So as a backup, that's also good. Like if Joe is 
down at Hartwell and is like, oh, shit, the Wi-Fi here is an old Chef Boyardee can with like a bunch of tinfoil in it. What's going on? He can just call and make life that much easier. It'd be fun. Yeah, this one's going to be this one's going to be wild, guys. I've never I've never, you know, this place is full of spotted bass. It's not something I've uh, I've really uh, targeted in the past. (laughs) So I Luckily, I have some people that have been, you know, helping me out. Like, uh, luck, it, it's going to be a lot of deep water fishing, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to, you know, be up in the shallows flipping docks and shit. Oh, yeah. No we'll shit. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's Going why I deep. took three days to pre-fish. That's smart. That's very, yeah. very smart. And then uh, you can also, um, while you're there, you know, if you lay into a handful of spots that maybe won't help you out necessarily, just keep them in your live wall, drive them up, and then dump them in Lashway because that's the professional move right there. <laughs> That's what everybody else Jesus. does. <laughs> Dump them in fucking Lashway. Why the fuck not? <laughs> hey, I brought you guys something. Fuck this body of water. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going oh, there's, there, there's good smallies in Lashway. There are. Where they came from. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Oh, Deepest my guard is like eight feet. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they love. They love it. It's great. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. I think that about does it, man, as far as... Uh, Oh, we do have tourney talk that we have to do, right, to keep things up to date as far as yep. uh, the Jigs and Bigs multi-species tournament. All right. So we uh, we got 24 folks in this tournament. 24. That's not bad. We're No, that's uh, pretty good for September. Thanks yeah. for jumping in, folks. Uh, everybody who is in this tournament got an email. We uh, I, I'm going to explain a little bit about this email before I get going on the, the standings. I made a request to our friends at Fishing Chaos on how this tournament was to be run. And oh, yeah. they did the job and they just they got a little overzealous with a rule change and it event it applied now. So what I did was I offered anyone who had signed up for this tournament under the understanding of the rules being one way, I offered them a refund if they wanted out because I get it. Like you can't change the rules two days into a tournament or three days, whatever. When did I send that email out, Bobby? Three days into it for whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, it was, it was it before. Was, I think it was before the fourth. Yeah, I sent it out as soon as I got the notification out of it or the next morning, as soon as I had a chance to. So um, nobody took me up on the offer. So thanks for sticking around, folks. This actually levels the playing field a little bit more and yep. has gone towards what we're going to be doing next year. It's kind of a, what is this? This is like a step in between the current rules and what we're aiming for next year. Um, and honestly, if anybody it hurt me the most, cause I had a shit ton of lunkers and I lost all my lunker points. Yep. Anybody who's in this tournament, I know it's a little too late to register. Now we're a couple days past that. We're just going simply scavenger hunt. You catch a fish in a, in a, you know, in a category, it's you worth one point. point. Yep. Yep. And then the, the tiebreaker will simply be total points. We finish with our total length. If we finish with, Six people with 10 points at the end of this. Yep. It we're then we're going off length. So lunkers are still important, but no one's going to be able to win off them, which we've kind of seen in the past. And that kind of goes against the spirit of what we're trying to accomplish yeah. here. We want everyone out catching different species of fish. And to go out and catch just the lunkers that you're comfortable with, which some folks do have the option. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. So going forward, all fish, one point each. Total length, tiebreaker. Because total length, nobody's... I don't think I've ever seen total length match up anywhere. Yeah. You know? And for this tournament, this may be the last tournament we see in any five. 
Uh, Bobby, you and I yeah. and Joe will talk about this and we'll go from there. But uh, we're probably going to run one in October, too. What the hell? Right. Fuck it. Why not? You fuck, know? fuck it. So we'll talk then. Um, if for October, just a little quick, oh. little quick uh, uh, preview. That should be up this week on the 15th. That'll be ready for registration. The rules will be updated yep. and uh, we'll go from there. Now, on to standings. Well, we've got uh, we got 24 people in and 19 people have turned in fish so far. So I'm just going to go through everybody. It's what the bad. fuck, right? Why not? First week, everybody gets a yeah. gets a shot. Remember, get out there, catch fish. So we got Timmy Bender, Nathan Grant, Chris Mellowship, and Sam Cruz and the third. One point each, one submission. Daniel Thompson, by himself, two points. Richard Olbris, then, oh God, I'm going to fuck this name up. Dow Lee? Yep. That's, I think that, that's right. I, I hope I pronounce that right, Dow. Um, Bobby Roast Beef and Binya all have three points. Then uh, we get to the top ten. John Hagens, four points. Liam Van Valkenburg and Steve Galloway and Ryan Breen, all with five points. Cheryl Bentley, Thomas Monahan, Tim Behan, all with six points. Sitting by myself in third place, seven points. And then Nelson... The fucking people's chorizo. Yes. And Chrissy Wad Willowitz. <laughs> Eight points sitting on top. Now, looking at the uh total length, that would put Nelson. Where is my total length? Oh, you piece of shit. Fucking all right, hold on. It's a math thing. I'm finding it total length. Nelson's got 189. Chrissy has 150. So Nelson Nelson would win that Nelson tiebreaker. Nelson would win that tiebreaker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it's applied. So it's this is we're we're keeping it simple, people. Yep. Catch a fish, get a point. It all adds up. If you get a bluegill like Bobby had today, that's bigger than the one he had, just put Pop it, in. it in. Yeah, you're not getting. Nobody's getting a bonus lunker. We're good to go. So uh, this is keeping it simple. Multi-species scavenger hunt. A lot of fun coming up this uh, October and next year. Same thing. We're gonna we're just gonna keep rolling it. So Chrissy's out there keep, throwing throwing fighting words around. She is. <laughs> she is. She is. She means it. She means it. I love yeah. it. Excellent. So, yeah, it's keep it up, awesome. folks. Uh, we got all September and all of October. Let's kick some ass. I love that. I think that's freaking awesome. Um, got some stuff that I want to talk about, guys, in the third segment. Uh, kind of next year's plan for travel. I have some cool shit that I'm trying to put together. And uh, I'd like your input, like, if you guys know anything. So we'll talk about that. Coming up in the third round, uh, third segment, we uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with our uh, info segment of uh, just the tip. Uh, we have an FTG for you, and in our bait of the week this week, we're uh, in position number three of our favorite baits that we've been throwing, things that we like. And um, I think this week, I think this week, I'm throwing a top water on there. Yeah, I think this week. And we'll do that. Uh, that's all coming up in just a bit. Don't go too far. Much more Jinx and Biggs action coming up. And uh, Lance Clark in segment three. Lance likes to fish. We'll see you guys in a bit. Don't go too far. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Rose Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. 
Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show. Or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We're excited to offer Jigs and Bigs listeners a 15% off savings on your first installment of a month-to-month subscription to Dark Horse Tackle. Dark Horse Tackle provides a monthly supply of small batch craft and custom lures, allowing anglers to try some otherwise tough-to-discover baits. This is stuff you're not going to find just anywhere, and Dark Horse Tackle does the hard part for you. They track down these small companies and then test the baits to determine if they're good enough for the DHT community. Subscribe now at darkhorsetackle.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS15 for your 15% off savings now. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories by Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yak Attack, Nakwa, Boondog, Burly Pro, and much, much more. Financing and options are available to upgrade your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high-quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water surface. They have a 60-day risk-free trial, a lifetime warranty, and free shipping. Plus, you can save yourself 10% off with the code JIGSANDBIGS10 at checkout. Visit TOREDGE.com to check out their selection and lens options. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. Oh, behave. (laughs) I love it. I had had a learning experience this weekend, a relearning, a re-education, and I wanted to share it with everyone. And you can pull out whatever tip you want want from this or leave the tip in whatever you want to do uh having having fished out of my native ultimate paddle the fx12 for years yep um i got used to fishing in a certain way and i got used to loading that kayak in a certain way and having having all of my creature comforts arranged in a certain way and getting the two native ultimate propels not only is a step further than what I was used to, but completely throw through me into disarray with all the stuff I was bringing on the NAR. Um, 
all kayaks are not the same. No. And I really, I was making a lot of mental notes on how to attack loading up this, this new kayak, these, these propels. Um, one of the things was center of balance. That was kind of an issue because I, I backloaded my gear behind me. I had my giant tackle crate. I had um, a cooler. We were keeping a couple fish here and there. And I, it really, it pushed the back end of that kayak down. I really need to make sure that I come up with some sort of tackle box tray system for underneath the seat because there's so much room. Now, Bobby, I mentioned to you, um, and this, man, this hurt today before I was, we started recording. I, I literally got off the road. Uh, maybe an hour ago, whatever, 45 minutes before we started yeah. recording. And I lost, I, I had a, one of my waterproof boxes either has a crack in it or it's broken. And I just lost, uh, I mean, I'm going to lose. There's no way they're going to survive. The water, there was so much water in the boat where these things were because of the rainstorm and yep. they don't have scuppers. They were swimming and I probably lost about $50 worth of hooks. On top of that, my plastic bags, which I seal up, they're in freezer bags. They've got zippers. Yeah. Some of them were not perfectly sealed. There's a bunch of plastics that I have to dry out and throw into different bags. Yep. Um, I think with the plastics, I'm going, I just purchased a Busby plastics container. That is completely waterproof. We're going to see how that works. But I really have to work on this tray and centering the the, the gravity in this kayak. So I guess my tip is, Get yourself, figure out what's good for you. And it's just like with picking lures. Figure out what works for you. And then if you have to switch kayaks, keep in mind what your goals are and adapt them to that kayak. Don't just throw the same shit back and forth because it might not work it might not be in a, a number fit. of ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pay attention to what you're doing is yeah. basically it. Because um, I learned some lessons this weekend, you know. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's all. Simple one. I freaking love it. I love it, guys. Yay. Um, are you ready? I think everybody's ready. Old people. <laughs> no, first I want to say this. I get it. When you get into your golden years and you're retired, you know, you've you've earned, you've put your time in, you know, you've earned your your ability to um recreate. You know, get out there and enjoy the outdoors. Uh get some exercise, socialize with your peers, you know? I get that. It's okay. This week, Chrissy Fishing and myself fished a body of water today that I swear to you, there was some type of a 55-plus group or some type of a senior center or something was having an outing, and everybody was paddling. And Chrissy got on the water, and when she, she actually was running a little bit late and said, I'll catch up with you. And when she did catch up with me, she's like, I've never seen this ramp so busy. Like, it was so full. She had to park. Uh, like on another street, like there was no parking for it. it was crazy. And, you know, I'm, I'm bringing my kayak down to the water and 
folks of a certain generation in wreck kayaks will often playfully say things about fishing. And there was uh, one individual that looked at me dead in the eyes and was like, You better hurry up. The fish are waiting for you. <sighs> and I know he's just making conversation. But I'm like, it just, it, it just feels patronizing. You know what I mean? You know? But I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to expel any of that in that moment because I know that's not where that's coming from. I'm going to do the adult thing and bitch about it on my podcast. <laughs> did you, did you respond? Oh, that's fine. Death's waiting for you. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud at all. And, you know, of course, everybody's like, oh, they biting, you know, as they're going by. But what happens is this. They launch their boats and they don't get the fuck off the ramp. They're just on it. Like, they're just hanging out. And they must have been there. And, I mean, I actually think Chrissy got it worse because I look like an asshole. You know what I mean? Somebody's like, oh, this guy doesn't seem right. Maybe he'll cut me. You know what I mean? Chrissy seems um, approachable and, dare I say, nice. And, you know, also, and of course, and I, <laughs> this one, I overheard this one. I was not that far away when they started. Someone was like, what are you going to catch us for dinner? <laughs> and I'm like, Chrissy, punch them. Just, just <laughs> fucking punch them. <laughs> cream of cream soup. That's what you're getting. Like, I'm, I'm just like, oh, my God. It, and they just didn't get off the ramp. It was just a clusterfuck. You know, my boat is enormous. And, and leaving the ramp, there's this small dock that's right there. It's a very skinny area. So I just kind of, like, paddled back till it opened up moved my rudder and I was gone. Like not thankfully it drops off pretty deep there. So you can drop the the pedal drive the propel with ease and then just take I was out quickly and I was throwing around lures and I was in my element. But I could overhear all this stuff and I'm like, where are they going? It must have been 45 minutes that they were before they actually took off and went along the bank the other way. You know, um I just it just blew my mind. And I made a reference and this is terrible. Uh, but I did make a reference to Chrissy uh, about. <laughs> I'm going to put this so I can show you guys. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I know I'm probably missing something in the in the text. We'll we'll add this as an addendum. Finish what you're going to say. All <laughs> oh right. God. Uh, so, oh, here we go. All right. I'm going to show you guys an image here. All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to present. We're going to share a screen. And all right. Take a look at the picture right here on the left where it says Dark Crystal official trailer. Every one of these motherfuckers just reminded me of this character here from the Dark Crystal. Hunched over with like just... And I, I get it. I get it. I'm not far from being in that age group myself. I'm not. You know what I mean? I get it. It's going to happen to me too. And God, if I ever make that kind of small talk at a boat launch, fucking drown me. <laughs> just please. For you Dark Crystal fans and non-jig heads, 
Bobby is referring to the vulture characters that are a million years old. Yes. And and hateful and spiteful. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this what you were talking about? Chrissy chimes in. She says, oh, my God, yes. Bobby, I forgot to tell you. The FTG was whoever missed their depends and shit all over the floor of a sani can. Suddenly, I didn't have to pee anymore. Oh, my fucking God. I, Chrissy, I was was that before you launched or afterwards? There, there, nothing drives me. I'll tell you, I, I was fishing at a, a, a spot in, um, I was fishing at Lake Metacomet in Belchertown. This is months ago. And uh, I had to take a whiz. So I go into the Porta John over there. Oh, it was before Chrissy. I am so sorry. That is terrible. Oh, my God. I went into this thing, and I swear it's like there was a Taco Bell convention at the boat ramp, and they just, everybody unloaded all over the wall. I, I opened the door. I didn't even walk in. I opened the door, and I was like, hell to the gnaw. I shut that door, and I was like, I don't care if I get put on a sex offenders list. I'm pissing in public. <laughs> Done. Put me on a milk carton. Fine. Fine. It's your fault for looking, weirdo. Um, yeah. God. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That's really all I have. Do you guys have anything to add add to this? No. I do not. Did, did, I, I mean, <sighs> I don't, I, we're at this time in human history where yeah. the people that are of this age, they have a certain way about them. Yep. And things are going to be done that certain way, regardless of who's around. <sighs> the, they don't, the, the, the read of the room doesn't matter. Shit's getting done it's, in a certain way. And yeah. yeah. I think you nailed it there. The read of the room, because there's a certain entitlement, I feel like. And and I, I, I don't care. Like, if you want to, rec you know, uh, recreate on the water, uh, paddling or, you know, even even if you're a, a wreck boater or a jet ski or whatever, if, as long as you're not an asshole, I have no problem with people enjoying the, the resource. That's fine. But, like, you're launching your boats. There were dudes, like, I'm coming down this this steep uh, road that goes down to, just goes to the ramp. And I'm walking down with this kayak. And, like, if I let go, this thing is just going to run amok, you know? So I'm, I'm walking it down, walking it down, walking it down. I have, as I'm taking the boat off the trailer, I have these two yahoos trying to take this one wreck kayak off of their roof rack and it is just like you can hear it scraping up against the back window squealing you know that sound that light plastic make you know whatever it is and i'm like oh my god and it's like how many fucking clueless individuals does it take you know what i mean i you got it up there i wonder what that seemed like because i think that would be more difficult but you know then I, as I'm making my way, so I'm taking my boat off the trailer. These guys start taking their boats off, blocking my way to just get the fuck out of their way. So now I'm standing there waiting. I'm standing there waiting on my phone. I'm like, all right, I got, you know, there's only so many angles I can make with this boat. I get down to the ramp and there's just these like three dudes with their boats. Like I was like, are you guys coming or going? What's going on here? So I just slip my kayak down. As far as I can, I just jump on. I take the wheels off. I jump on, and I make my make my way out. I was like, I got to get away from this before I fucking scream at somebody. This is going to be bad. And it, yeah, the dark crystal, a hundred percent. The vultures. I am a terrible human being. I get it. I get it. I'm not. I'm not right. You know. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I don't. 
I just, uh, I've seen it too much lately. We're, we're in that place. We're just in that place. And we are in that place. And it's, we I can, get it. we, it's not going to be, and there are folks, like, I like to say this. I, my, my, my mom is one that loves to go out and kayak and hike, you know, but she also is aware that, like, she's taking up space uh, at a resource where people might need to get their boats in or out or something, you know, and, and move things along. Like she's aware. I, I, God, I hope she's not one of these folks that's out there on the water. Like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to put our boats on the ramp. Then we're going to talk for an hour. Like get in the water or don't, you know, (laughs) put them off to the side and just fucking go to Denny's or whatever. If that's what you want to do is just have a conversation. (laughs) Just fucking go do that. But if you're going to get on the water, get the fuck on the water. (sighs) The views and opinions expressed on Jigs and Bigs today are not (laughs) the opinions of our partners, of uh, who the fuck is Joe Brown or Sean the Fisherman. Bobby Roast Beef is just an asshole. (laughs) Or, Or according to Chrissy, the shitty vultures. The shit vultures. The shulchers. Yes. The fucking shulchers. Uh, That's where we're at. I think I think it's time. Chicks and bigs. Bait of the week. So here we are. We're at the middle of the list right now. The top five baits that we love to throw. Things that are just stuff that we love to throw. Who necessarily knows? Sometimes it's a confidence bait. Sometimes it's just something that's going to come in clutch and get you bit when you need to. Other times, it's just stuff that you like to throw, you know? For loaded potato, that might be that goddamn whopper plopper. And that's good. You, you and your fucking whopper plopper. You and your that's, fucking... That's our, although, you had some whopper plopper love with the Doc Masters plop bait. Dude, let me talk about that before we get into this bait yeah, of the week shit. I should have mentioned this in segment one. I caught one fish on that. It was very nice. I was very pleased with it. And then the next day, because of the wind shift... You guys know what pond weed is? No, you cannot buy it at your local theory I was dispensary. Just ask about this. Is, that, is it like Jiggler's version 2.0? No. Pond weed is what looks to be a younger cousin of eelgrass. Okay. But it's hair thin. And when it dies, it is the worst thing to get wrapped around the prop of a whopper plopper, the swivel on a tackle frog, the the fucking eyelet on a ned on a ned rig. It's the worst. Gotcha. It is shit. It is horrible. It is awful. It sucks. Does it tear so, easily? It, yeah, but it's it still gets wrapped up yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. It doesn't even fucking matter. When you get five strands of it wrapped around a prop, it's it's miserable. Yeah. Um, that took out the the dock plop that I was using. I had to that go to sucks. the tackle frog, and even that I was pulling pond weed off the tackle frog's fucking swivel on the back of it. It was amazing how miserable this was. And then I threw an Ed rig and I was pulling it off that. I'm like, this is fucking insane. So pond weed, huh? I'm sure I've come across it, but it's so thin. It's awful. Yeah. It's fucking awful. So fuck that shit. But uh, I'll start. Fucking A. Yeah, fuck it. We're we're, we're in the middle of our list, right? Yep. Middle, mid list. People have heard me say this before. I use it a lot in cold water, but it's not restricted to that. I, I think it shines a little more in cold water, but it also shines in high pressure slash small 
you know, bite window mm-hmm. times. So if you got a cold front moving through, I will throw one of these. I will throw a lipless crankbait. Yep. I use, well, I use really two brands. I use, um, well, three brands. I, I do use uh, a Bill Lewis rattle trap, but I don't use conventional sizes. I use those in Minnesota and I use three quarter ounce and bigger. Mm-hmm. I also use the Rapala Rattlin wrap in very few colors, four of them. I think are just perfect. I use them in different conditions. And then um, I use uh, A-Base. A-Base, uh, let me think about it. I think it's a half ounce or three quarter ounce lipless crankbait. Yep. Um, custom painted. I actually don't know what body it is. Uh, Chris could fill us in on that if he wants to. If he doesn't, I don't care. I still use it. Uh, those are the three I use, but I use them in a ton of conditions. Yeah. A ton. And uh, it's not just spring and fall, folks. I throw them. I was throwing them yesterday. So... That's mine. Lipless, I love it. I love it. What do you got, Joe? My number three, it's going to be spinnerbait. Spinnerbait. Okay. Yeah, I love, nice. love my spinnerbaits. Uh, I've always been a, a big-time confidence bait for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll use them all year round, uh, especially, you know, the the it's just – with the vibration, the flash, and you know, just when it's especially when it's windy, a little bit of chop. Yep. It's just it's just been a huge confidence bait for me, especially when uh when they're suspended or whatnot. I'll you know, I'll I'll tag them on live scope. I'll uh, I'll do the old the old count to see when they're sinking and uh yep. I'll run it right through them and very rarely do they not, you know, have at least a reactionary bite to it. Um <clears throat> love them. I you know, I'll 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 fish them. I'll fish them shallow. I'll fish them deep out all over the place. I always, uh, for my trailers, I typically just use a, uh, usually a three, three Kitek. I'll throw on the back of there yep. or a similar, you know, a similar swim bait. Um, I don't, I usually, I, when it comes to color for the, the trailer, um, I'll typically stay similar, but different to have a little bit of contrast to it. Um, so I'll do that. Uh, when it comes to the brands, uh, used to be a big time war Eagle guy. There is mm-hmm. still a few that I, I, I do throw them on occasion, but, uh, the bougie and financially, um, irresponsible part of me has now throwing, uh, I like the mega bass and the six cent spinner baits. Yep. Um, so I've been throwing those. Uh, I've, I mean, some of my biggest fish I've, my biggest fit bass I've caught, I have been on spinner baits. Yep. Um, that's how I caught the lunker and the, uh, Shows the Hoodlum Fest a couple years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. out at Quaybog was on spinner bait. Um, yeah, I just I just love them. It's just a, a big time confidence bait for me. Freaking awesome, man! I do like a spinner bait. I like I personally I, I personally like my uh, Klondike Custom Creation spinner baits. They're my favorites. Um, for me, it's a buzz bait, and I like to have three different sizes. Um, I like to have like a large. Uh, actually, t- tell you the truth, I like to have four different sizes. I like to have a large spinner bait um, in a conventional kind of a blade. I've been using that uh, crocagator bait from the uh, uh, the top water box from um, Dark Horse Tackle quite a bit. Um, the other one that I like is this huge spinner blade, uh, spinner bait, uh, huge buzz bait that's got like a four 
bladed like it's it's four different blades on the blade that spins it's from klondike the thing is awesome it just churns like crazy um i have one that i would consider like a medium size which is like a quarter ounce with a smaller blade it's a little bit more of a compact profile that is usually the one that i will lend myself to throwing um most of the time and then the other one is a super tiny one is from jig masters that is the uh the micro buzz the micro buzz is great and i also really like the micro buzz because it has a screw lock on it so you know if you're using a buzz toad or some type of a, a paddle tail any type of trailer that you're going to use on that it's going to hold it nice and firm and i use them primarily for reaction strikes in shallow water on new water just so I can find fish. I don't care about hooking up. I just want to know, all right, cool, there's fish here. Now I'm going to follow up. And that's usually how I catch. I catch plenty of fish on buzz baits um, when the conditions are right to get them. But I will be able to find fish with a buzz bait fishing shallow and getting some kind of a reaction. Then I know I'm like, okay, good. They are in there. There's weeds over there. They're, they're in here. Great. Wonderful, you know, um, and then I'll throw, you know, uh, maybe a stick bait or a finesse jig or something like that up there, and then I can get that bite. Um, yeah, I, I really don't pay attention so much to skirts. Um, I've started this year carrying skirts and changing them out if I like to. I like to actually keep my, my buzz baits skirtless for the most part and just throw some type of a plastic on there to bulk it up and give a little bit of a additional um, sort of action off the back end, whether it be a paddle tail or some type of a, a grub or, uh, or a buzz toad or something along those lines. Lots of times I like to save my buzz toads to throw a buzz toad when I need a buzz toad. But, you know, I can throw a plastic on the back. Even uh, I've used the Adrenaline um, adrenaline Crawls from X-Zone before as a buzz bait trailer. Awesome. Cut them down a little bit for the smaller buzz baits. But, yeah, awesome. So that's for me. Number three is a buzz bait. I love a buzz bait. You should, too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I think, honestly, if I'm thinking topwater as far as favorites, I would rather throw a buzz bait than anything else. It's probably one of my favorite topwater presentations just because of the amount of water you can cover and the amount of time. You know? Beautiful. Sexy. Is that all we have for segment two? That's it. That's it. We're fucking so. flying through this. This is great, guys. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. we got Lance Clark coming up next segment. We are going to talk about fishing in the Carolinas. He's going to talk specifically about some river fishing and uh, a couple of great companies that he works with, one of which is Reaction Tackle. You guys might remember we had Cody, who uh, handles all of the... He's the face of Reaction Tackle over on Instagram, TikTok, and all that great stuff. Um, and uh, we, have, we have all kinds of good stuff coming up for you after this. Plus, I, I'm going to tell you guys about my plans for 2024 travel coming up because that dawned on me this week and I'm, I wanted to make sure to talk about it. So stick around. Segment three coming up. Don't go too far. Much more coming up right after. Oh. Hey guys, Bobby Rose Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. 
I want to talk to you about Frost Buddy. What Frost Buddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto Frost Buddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce tall boy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. The thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs in big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy. and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. you guys i am telling you guys right now that it when it rains it freaking pours here at the jigs and bigs hq as far as interviews are concerned we've got uh, a bunch lined up and today i'm actually i'm joined with uh with lance clark lance is uh well let's go back a little bit here lance and i are i guess you could say we're kind of colleagues we're both uh pro staffers for the reaction tackle brand um and that's how we kind of got connected and lance uh lance is uh is also a a, a rep for uh, a pretty good tungsten company too that uh, i only recently kind of got to got to know a little bit but uh lance how you doing dude how's how's everything going for you Man, it is great. I am on the last day of my vacation down here in Sunset Beach, really in Carolina Shores, North Carolina, and it is just phenomenal. 
That is awesome, dude. That is great. I told I told my wife, you know, you and I were talking and and he you had mentioned that you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about vacation. My wife is like, How can some hang on, she said it like this. How does anybody forget about vacation? And I was like, You don't understand. I'm like, when you're an angler and you're as hardcore about it as I am, every day kind of has a little bit of vacation for you, you know? So it's yep. easy to yep. shuffle things up. I totally get it. She's just, you know, she's just hating. Um, anyway, l- let's get dive right in, man. We're, we got a lot to talk about here, but uh, let's start at the very beginning. Um, your Instagram, you uh, refer to yourself as, I believe, a Carolina chunk chaser, which... Yep. Applause to that. <laughs> first off. <laughs> so when I first started fishing, I quickly noticed that every, and like I grew up fishing my whole life, like live bait and hook with a bobber. Yep. But I, I got into bass fishing like a little over three years ago. Yeah. And when I started like learning about the community, I noticed that everybody had their own thing that they called them football, you know, green fish, mm-hmm. bronze backs, you know, pigs, whatever. And chumps was kind of my thing. Oh, um, and it kind of stuck with me. That's perfect. So, no, no, that is 100% perfect, man. Um, and your timeline and mine are pretty similar. Like, I've only really been, you know, I, I started fishing really, like, focusing on, like, 2013 <laughs> was when I, really when I first started kind of getting into even just artificial baits. I, mean, I was the same way. I started throwing worms on bobbers as a kid. But, you, you know, there's something about that community. Um, regardless of just bass fishing in general, just fishing overall, like there's a, a great community out there. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media kind of growing that a bit. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, it allows, I think, folks, you're not limited to just the folks that you fish with, though I do recommend everybody go out and be as friendly as you can to folks who are fishing out there because you can make some lifelong friends that way. There's a great Absolutely. way. You can learn a lot mm-hmm. of really good tips, too. Oh, for sure. That too. It's like the, that, that firsthand, but I mean, it's a great concession. Like if, you know, you're a person who's on social media all the time, the fishing community as at large is amazing. It, it, it absolutely it is. is. Um, there was a, a friend of the show. We've had him on before, uh, Brandon dust off fishing. He had, oh, uh, I love him. Oh, he's great, man. I'm actually, I'm, I'm excited. I'm finally actually going to get to meet him, um, uh, next weekend. I've never met him in person. Um, and you know, we've talked a bunch, but, uh, great dude. I'm going to get to meet him in person. So that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be pretty slick, but he had posted something and he said, what's the thing about, you know, uh, social media about fishing and social media that kind of like keeps you going. And I put, I just said one word community, 100, just yeah. community, hundred percent. And I was not alone in that. He shared the results and there were a lot of people that said the same kind of thing. And I'm like, this is just, it's, it's, Something magic about it. Now, um, you're located. You're you're located. You're based in the Carolinas, right? Yeah. So I am right at the the lip of South Carolina. I am in North okay. Carolina in a little mountain town called Tryon. All righty, um, nice. The only body of water around me is untouchable. It's private. You can't get to oh. it unless you know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. Are you one of so those I'm folks a, that knows somebody? So I'm I'm working my way in there. I just started working go. at this place a few months back, and a lot of the people that live on that lake come in there, and I'm the bartender, so I'm, I'm working on it. Oh, dude, you're wow. in a great position right there. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> dude, that is – because I work in the bar industry too. I know, like, you know, yeah, somebody has a couple of pops and a good conversation with you, and the next thing you know, they're, they're uh, you know, uh, airdropping uh, waypoints to you. You know what I mean? Yep. It's a good thing. Dude, that's awesome. That's freaking huge. Yeah. 
So I love it. You're in actually my wife's favorite spot in the South. In fact, she is she and I have had conversations at length this year about, you know, when she's ready to retire. And I, you know, I, I work for myself, so I'm probably gonna work till I die. But uh Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's just how it is. And and I you know, we have this idea that we're like, you know, let's let's spend those winter months further down south and get out of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, so that means I can fish that much more. That's great. And and we may yeah, end up I fish in year area. round. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh god, I'm so jealous. I mean, technically <laughs> I could fish year round with ice fishing, but it's just it's just not the same. It's just not. Oh yeah, there's there's none of that here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what's your preferred method for fishing? Are you, you know, uh, are you you got a boat? Are you mainly a, a kayak angler? Are you hitting the bank most of the time? Like, what's your your general style? So, see, you said that, but it's there's two different ways that that question worded. Preferred, I prefer to be in my kayak, but right now yeah. my kayak, I got a cheap lifetime kayak that I've had for a couple of years now. Yep. And I went down this, uh, the Green River not too long ago. Oh, yeah. That, like, I got a, a pretty much a raw spot now. The oh. It's time for an upgrade. So yeah. I have been banking it lately and banking it hard. But I'm also the type of guy where I, I wear Crocs, or not Crocs, but uh, Chacos. Yep. And oh, yeah. I will put on my Chacos and some any shorts or pants that I own that I fish in are yep. quick dry, like WeatherTech or whatever. Oh, yeah. You'll get right in the water. Yep. I have no problems hopping in the river and just going. Yep. And that is like, honestly, and I'll say, I'll, I'll, I will argue with any like tournament angler, you know, unless you're in one of these stock pond, like stock lakes, that's ridiculously stocked for mm-hmm. tournaments. I'm going to catch better bass than you in a river any day. I'm going to figure out my bite faster than you are. Mm-hmm. And once I get on that bite, I'm, I'm more likely to get that big fish quicker than you are because there's a lot less of the, uh, trial and error yeah. on the wall, on the river than there is on a lake. Oh yeah, and you know that's that's the thing about river fishing. It's like you can you can eliminate so much water based on the current or the depth, or you know you can figure out where the fish are relatively quickly. Yep. With a river, I mean, you need to know what you're looking for, and that's a different yeah. sort of thing. So, having some experience and going on that, I, I I don't doubt it. Plus, you know, there's something to be said about waiting, where like especially this time of year, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, man, it, it's not <laughs> no. just for trout fishing again. No. Like, that's bad thing was like we got to take that back. Not being funny, like not, let's not divide that fisherman. But yeah, in all honesty, like it's not something that's talked about in the bass community unless you're topwater fly fishing for smallmouth. And yep. like, we need to, to own that. Like bass guys get in the water, mm-hmm. like get it, get in those rivers, get up waist deep. Yep. And you'll wind up getting up a channel that you're back up in knee deep, maybe ankle deep, but you'll find some nice pockets and drop offs. And mm-hmm. like I pull, I've got a river near me called the Packlet river. Now where I live in Tryon, it's not that deep yep. but where I used to live down in Spartanburg. There's areas that, you know, it gets eight, 10 feet deep at least. Oh, wow. And okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I found some some pockets of smallmouth little drop off tide pools where I call three, four pound smallmouth. Yeah. I mean, not smallmouth, but uh, spotted bass. Oh, like wow, you're not yeah. finding that anywhere else, mostly in these lakes because yeah. they're just, they're overpopulated. But in these rivers, like this, the strong survive and you'll find these big ones. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's for sure, man. Um, so let's talk about like your your go tos. Like when you're out there, what are your confidence baits? What's your short list look like of of baits that you short would throw? List. Yeah, I keep it simple, man. So like to touch back on y'all's episode uh, that I recently listened to, where you, you talk about like tuning out the height and just focusing on like what's biting on what yeah. you're fishing. So I, I kind of stuck to the fundamentals. Oh yeah, um, a, a, a spinner bait. Um, generally a three eighths ounce to a quarter ounce spinner bait. Yep. I don't go any bigger or much smaller. 
um, a shaky head, like mm-hmm. a three sixteenths to a one eighth ounce shaky head. Yep. Um, and I've done this little thing lately where instead of using a normal EWG hook for my Texas rigs, I use a, a screw lock weightless swim bait hook. Oh, okay. And for all my Texas rig applications, man, if you have it, Bobby, try it. Really? And you'll notice that you're holding on to a lot more of your soft plastics, a lot more. No kidding. I could see that. I could see that. The screw lock generally holds on pretty tight, and that's uh, mm-hmm. that helps a lot. And you don't have that sliding down the shank. That actually, dece- yeah, I think, does more damage. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, so finesse fishing, throwing a Texas rig, a spinnerbait, mm-hmm. um, or a shaky head. Every yeah. once in a while, I'll grab, you know, a square bill because yeah. I do fish a lot of rivers, and, like, you can't just not throw a square bill. Yep. But uh, I hate to be that guy that, like, sounds, like, childish or, like, impatient. But I don't like losing my baits all the time, man. And those travel folks, man, they, they lose oh, love yeah. to say goodbye. Yeah, they do. I mean, they they get caught up on some crazy shit. And, you you know, I mean, that's the thing. Square bills, they do deflect really well. But every once in a while, you'll get yeah. that rear trouble that's just going to hold on to a rock. And you're like, ah. Or, yep. And in a river, you know, it's one thing if you're, uh, you know, in, in a kayak and you're in a you know lake or a pond or something like that. You get over to it and you can free it up. But if you're in a river, you might not be able to get there. It might be dangerous to, you know, cross over exactly. a current seam, you know. And it's, yeah, that's that's tough, dude. Um, let's talk as far as, you know, have you traveled specifically to fish? Like, have you taken any, any destination trips or anything like that? So not, not like in the sense of, okay, I'm going to plan out and go rent an Airbnb and go fishing. But so my girlfriend is a a makeup artist. She's a professional makeup artist. She, she travels all over the Western North Carolina area. And a lot of the places that she goes, like I'll drive her there if it's my day off. And those are some pretty exclusive locations. And a lot of them have private bodies of water. On them. Yeah. Like oh, I got my personal best. Like I'll say this with no shame. We're out at a, a place in Asheville uh, called Biltmore. Yep. And I got to go out there. It was like five o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black. Nobody's out there. I went to their uh, bass pond that they do their fly fishing tours in. Oh, okay. And yeah, I was slow rolling my favorite spinner bait. That's like, I, I think one of the newer, most slept on spinner baits out there, and that's the 10,000 fish cycle bait. Oh, okay. And yeah, I call it uh, like hair over 10 pounder. Um, no shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But it's like just, I want to take a trip. Like, we, we I want to plan a trip for my birthday next year. It's not going to happen this year because we had a wedding with a friend this year. Yep. But I want to go out next year and just like rent a place with a couple of buddies. Yep. And uh, in like either northern Georgia or like, you know, kind of close to where I'm at in North mm-hmm. Carolina and just have a place on a private body of water and just go to town. No, I think I, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. I think that the more you can sort of create spots to get out of your own little, you know, corner of the world and, and get that experience. And I also recommend go with a guide, you know, your first time out to like, especially if it's like a, a massive body of water that you've got a limited amount of time to, to get, you know, some experience with go with a guide. You might have, you might leave with a great friend <laughs> afterwards. Like you spend eight hours on somebody's boat talking about all kinds of stuff and uh, you, you know, it's 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 awesome. They've got the experience to kind of like really kind of give you the best experience that you're going to have with a, a limited amount of time if you're traveling. But that's yeah, awesome. these guys only do this every day, all day. Why would you exactly not want to listen to exactly their 
It's it's money well spent. That's what I say all the time. Yeah. And it, it's so funny I, when I when I when I started, I realized that that's that was the real benefit of of going and fishing like a destination with a guide. I was like, I mentioned it to my wife, and I, I really expected her to be like, "Why would you spend money to fish with somebody?" She's like, "No, I guess that kind of does make sense." Actually, I'm like, "Holy shit, I'm right." I'm fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens. It never happens. Um, You got to cherish those moments. You got to put them in a box, hold on to them, make sure you date them. So don't forget. It's true. Now, do you have a list of some spots that you would like, you know, that are like bucket list bodies of water that you'd like to fish? Um, Yeah, there's honestly some lakes in North Carolina that I really want to get to. Like uh, the town where my girl's from, they have a lake called Lake Jordan. Uh, that's a very popular lake up there. Uh-huh. I don't think they do like big tournaments on it, but it's like it's supposed to be really, really good fishing. Yeah. Sometimes uh, those are the best I, lakes. I want to get out there. Uh, I want to get up north. I don't have a particular lake in mind, but like mm-hmm. I, I do want to freeze my toes off and possibly get frostbite and go ice fishing because that's an experience that I, I want to say that I did. I, I I would recommend it. Like I, I think I, you know, some people just won't do it. They just won't get on the ice. It's like their 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 brain tells them this is a stupid idea you know but the yeah. reality of it is like if you take the proper precautions and you wait until that there is uh, safe ice and you don't do anything stupid you can have an amazing time ice fishing now the fishing can be really really slow uh, other and times that's, that's a valid point right there yeah. if you don't do anything stupid you can have a lot of fun and a oh, really yeah. good, a really great time doing a lot of things that's true. Yeah, as long as you just don't do anything dumb, you know that's the that's the <laughs> primarily that's the big one. You know, um, I I always recommend you know to everybody you know plan to uh, take in a few extra calories, whether that be in uh, liquid form or in uh, just standing around the grill eating all kinds of uh, a variety of meats. But you know yep. that's the thing about ice fishing; it really is. You know, around here, like I you see, you know documentaries of folks that live like in Alaska and they're like ice fishing to survive, you know, and they're just kneeling on the ice and jigging with a, with a, a, you know, maybe a a small jigging spoon or, or a tiny, tiny jig. And, you know, they're catching fish to sustain themselves. That type of ice fishing to me, no way (laughs) sitting down in the open, just playing, you know, just sitting there with, with a, a jigging rod and like basically, Catching fish that way, that that really doesn't do it so much for me. But I will say, like, around here, the majority of folks that I know that ice fish, this is more of a social occasion. They'll get out on the ice in a big group. They'll put out a bunch of tip-ups. They may have a couple of holes that they drill where they jig, you know, and it's it's more or less like the camaraderie. And that's where your real community is. Like those ice fishermen are, are, are crazy. We just had a guide on this last year. Um, AJ, he has a, a, a guide service called Battlefish Charters. And uh, he's in the upstate New York area. And he, he actually does uh, this like ice fishing guided experience where you basically have like a, 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 a tent or a shanty that you, you'll put together uh, an ice house to fish out of, but he's got all these clients all over the place. It's like a little village on the ice and it sounds, oh, wow. it sounds amazing. You know, it really does. But what's cool is that again, like you're going to a body of water where he's got this experience and he's like, yeah, so we're over a weed bed right here. That's going to hold some fish. We're over some rock piles or something specifically. He knows the structure in, in advance. He also does um, kayak guided tours too. I think, 
I forget what river it is that he does, but he's got like up to like 14 different boats. He can take out a bunch of people. Yeah, I think I'd rather I'd rather do a kayak guided tour than a boat guided tour. Um, if I was to do a guide, just because like, I don't know, I feel a little more. That's like that's like up more up my alley. And yeah. I, can ta- I can take what I learned from that person and use it. Apply like, it directly. If I go on a boat guided tour yeah. and then I go back home. Like I'm not going to have a boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like try to recreate those moments. That's exactly Um, it. You kind of have to take that and and work with it or adapt it. You know, versus yeah, you're right. You go out in a kayak and you're you're seeing it firsthand. I have one more bucket list place. Um, This one's kind of funny. I I don't think it'd be one you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Um, Working with these guys that I work with at Mako or Nako, depending on how they say it. Yeah. There's some lakes in China that they fish. Like my boss, uh, he goes by XP. They send me back. They had this fish. I want to say it's called the the Mo- Mongolian fish. I could be I could be saying that wrong, but it looks like a sick bass. If that makes sense, like it's got this palish greenish, ye- almost yellow tint with big black splotches. Uh huh. But it looks like a bass, like a big, nice large mouth. Really? Okay. Almost. Um, yeah, I'll send you a picture after after we get done talking. I'll send yeah. you a picture of it. But then out of the same waters that he's catching those, he's catching these big giant like. Their their version of like toothy critters called yellow cheek, which are just like these big long silver fish with like yellow faces and like really sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. And then like he sent me pictures of a day out on the water, and they do have largemouth over there, but they were brought over there. They're like like not naturally. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Over there, but then he'll send me these like three or four different other fish, and it's like man, like when I go fishing, it's bass, bluegill, or sorry, sunfish, mm-hmm. and then maybe if I'm lucky, which I haven't been yet, a pickerel. Or oh, yeah. um, something like that. I caught one, uh, what they call a sauger. It kind of looks like a uh, walleye, but it's not. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah, I caught two of those last year on the Broad River. It's a pretty, pretty fun experience. On a chatterbait, of all things. No kidding. Um, yeah, no kidding. I didn't huh. know what it was. And I went to just like do the normal, like pull the line up and lip it right there standing in the water. And I was like, well, nope, those are teeth. Yeah, those are teeth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you were reeling those in, did were they just dead weight? No, they were fighting. Oh, really? But it so, was like a it was a weird fight. Like you know okay. how, like for lack of a better term, I say this about catfish, which I broke off on two this weekend, that I'm I'm like really upset about. Um, you know when catfish like they, they do like an alligator, they death roll. You know? Oh yeah, yep. And, and that's what it felt like. Like I didn't necessarily like see the roll, but it, it definitely felt like they were like rolling, just spinning, yeah. Huh. As opposed to trying to swim away. Interesting. Yeah, I've always yeah. heard that walleye, and I would assume sauger probably are the same way, where they basically it's like like reeling in like just dead weight. But I mean, I've I've never caught either. You know, we we do have okay. walleye up here, but they're not easy to come by. I caught a catfish this morning. Um, I mean, I, I I got a good lip on him. I had him lift and on the bank and everything. Man, yep. he like they 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 shake a lot more than bass do, and I don't like to get close to the fins because call me a scared cat. I don't want to get stabbed. Well, fair he enough, was, man. He was like that that perfect size where like his had been he stabbed enough things where they were filed down and sharp, but yeah. they weren't dull. Um but he was he was probably a solid seven, eight pound catfish. Yep. And yeah, I lost him. And I, but he death rode on me. I didn't know what it was for a second. I thought it was yep. a bass because I saw this massive blow up on the bank and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm about to get him. And I threw out a little uh wacky rig with like a three inch mm-hmm. Yamasinko. Yep. And he he slammed it. 
Okay. And I was like, man, I done caught this. I done caught a monster bass up here on the bank. And then when I finally got to where I could see him, I was like, nope, I've caught a really fat catfish. Freaking channel cat. That's, Damn. Yeah. In this pond, in this neighborhood, it's like, yeah. I'm pretty convinced this used to be a swamp before they turned it into a neighborhood. Because all the water in all these ponds is like that black water you see in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost looks like tea, right? Almost. Yep. Yeah. It's like tannins. Yep. It's like it hasn't, it hasn't rained here or been stormy for the six days we're here, but the water's been the same tint. The entire yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have a couple of spots around, that are around here that are like that. And, and you're right. I mean, it's it's definitely a a unique sort of color, you know, or, or, or you know, unique condition to have to deal with. Um, you mentioned the uh, company Naco that you've uh, you've been working with in in the past. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I, I recently started using uh, some of their drop shot weights. That came oh, yeah. included in uh, a fresh baits drop shot kit that they. Had oh, put you're together. welcome. I set that up. Oh, you did. Nice. Very nice. <clears throat> yeah. No complaints at all. Um, they're 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 fantastic. But you know, it's funny. Like I love like you you mentioned like that the Nako is from China, but like fishing around the world, and this is kind of the point I want to get to. Fishing around the world is so universal. Like you can be anywhere, and and people, yeah. you know. They just naturally, it's like they're anglers, you know, and you'll, yep. you'll find that community anywhere. It might be a small pocket of folks, but whether you're yep. in, you know, almost any of the seven continents you go to, you're going to find folks who like to fish and folks who are just crazy about it. And I think that's freaking amazing. Um, tell me a little bit about your connection. Well, let's start with NACO and then we'll talk reaction afterwards. Okay. So I found NACO... Honestly, it ties into reaction. Like I was using a lot of stuff in reaction. Yep. Um, but I found uh, Nako Lily came up on Amazon because that's where I found out about reaction at before I started ordering from the website directly. Yep. And I was getting some stuff from there. Nako came up. I tried out a few things and I liked it. Um, and they had some things that reaction didn't offer at the time. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to check this out. And one thing led to another. And it was mm -hmm. one of those things where it was like everything that I tried, I love. Like there is one item that we have right now that we're literally waiting till we run out of it. And then we're redesigning it. Well, we're starting to redesign it now, but we're not like we're going to release it until, yeah, until we eliminate all the rest of the stuff. But sure. um, like anything that they make that like has an issue, you come back to them. Like there's, they don't beat around the bush. Yep. You know, they, they give you your money back. They refund the product and they take it into consideration. It. We're redesigning like our football jigs and stuff right now just mm -hmm. because people want a different style head. And we hear that and we're working on it. Yep. Um, and I, I noticed that their social media was just dead in the water, man. Yeah. Just dead in the water. And, you know, these, these, these guys, they're Chinese guys, and they're trying to, to reach the American market. Yep. Um, and it's just that the translation was not there. Right now, like, you know, not to get too too much into that whole debate, like, that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it is. I reached out to them, and a few emails turned into a few emails turned into, you know, we want you to do this. We want you to just manage our social stuff for us. I said, like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind doing that at all. Um, and I, I felt like, you know, if I'm have now at this point, when I started working for them in December of last year, yep. all my tackle box, if they make it, I have it. And I, you know, I told Cody yeah. this at reaction. I, I love reaction tackle. They are, they have two items right now that I specifically use because NACO doesn't offer it. Mm -hmm. And, um, reaction is the best that I've seen. And that's their extra wide gap, shaky head and their, oh, um, yeah. extra wide gap 
mushroom head Ned. Ned's. Oh yeah. And then uh, I think they're great. Yeah. And my tackle bag. I'm You're welcome I for that. Before they sold out, it's the backpack <laughs> I, because their bags are unlike anything I've used before. Yeah, that's one thing that 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 reaction has, and that's a a ton of variety. Like they yeah, offer, they, they have a ton of variety. Yeah, I mean, you can outfit so much of your stuff with that one brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I've, I, I make no secrets about that. I think Reaction Tackle is one of the best values out there in, yeah. in terms of, you know, uh, as far as whether it's terminal tackle or accessories. I mean, you know, there's there's some some really great even line like it, I didn't even realize that, oh, they, yeah. that they, they 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 had a, a, a stake in the game as far as fishing line goes. But then, oh, they have more than a stake in the yeah. game. They have some of the. I love their line. I think it's like fantastic. Everybody has their issues, but I love it. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody likes what they like, and I completely, completely understand that. But I think that, you know, for the value, I think Reaction Tackle is fantastic. And so know? that's the way that I look at this from. Like, I don't. I've never been that guy that's like, oh, I'm all about the brand, the name brand. Um, like Nako just dropped Taipan line. Like to, to finish up with that, like I still use Reactions. Uh, uh, was it that's a 10 pound? 10 pound? Yeah, I still use their 10 pound braid. I think it's 10. Yeah, I use a 10 pound braid and awful yep. camo because, like, we don't offer our braid down that low mm-hmm. and I need some. And so I'm, I, I keep us pulling the awful camo is like my favorite color because, yeah, I mean, I'm I use a long enough leader where the color's just for me at this point anyway. Yeah, exactly. But. Uh- I got with I got with Nico. I started running the socials, and now it's like I got them in the first in our first my first like tackle shop yesterday. Like we sealed the deal, the oh. invoice was sent and paid, so they're now in a, in a going to be in a small tackle shop in North Carolina down the road from no my house. That's- and uh, they're just they're they're honest guys, man. Yeah. Like I said, my owner fishes every day. He's on the if he's not on the water, he's in a factory that we like have. You know, yeah. like people buy stocks and stuff. Like we have ownership in some of these factories and that's why they're able to offer like the tungsten in the, the bulk packs gotcha. and the price that we're able to offer it to. No, that's awesome. That is freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I had never even heard of NACO before and I, these drop shot weights, I was like, I looked at them. I'm just like, Oh, I was like, I got to tie these on. These aren't the quick clips. I'm like, ah, no big deal. We'll give them a shot. And I'm like, you know, these are all right. These are all right. And you know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but we're in one of those states where we have, um, you know, I'll say pretty interesting lead laws up here. Um, yeah, some states are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not many. There's only I think last I counted, I think we had six in total. Um, and each state seems to be, you know, kind of particular about the way that they sort of run it. So like a lot of people in Massachusetts will talk and, and they'll just say, oh, yeah, we can't use lead anything. You know, and they're like, and the reality of it is, is that you, what you can't use is a lead sinker or a jig that uh, is under an ounce. Over an ounce is fine, but under an ounce, that's what's prohibited. But you throw a blade or, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you throw like a blade, like an underspin, totally fine. A chatterbait, fine, not a problem. Um, you throw something like a bill, if it's got a bill, like a scrounger, I, I think that would probably kind of, you know, be all right too. Um, but you throw like, you know, a simple jig head with a paddle tail prohibited, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, That's it, wild. It, it really, yeah, man, it really, really is. And there's, I've actually, there's, there's questions about the law specifically. 
I wouldn't even get into it as a whole like rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. But, um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, questions like something like, what about a swim jig? It's not really traditionally fished on the bottom. You know, it's it's essentially the same thing as like throwing a chatterbait. It just doesn't have a blade. What's the deal with that? And for some, you know, we would get some answers that were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then other times it was just like, no, 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 that's prohibited uh, as well as everything else. But, yeah, that seems to be what it is. It's like if it's got some type of an of an attachment like a blade or a bill or, or something like that, then it's it gets a pass. But otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's prohibited. And for states like us, you know, lead alternatives, there's a, a lot of options that you can go. But I will say this, and I, I know I know plenty of people are just like, oh, yeah, you can use, you know, plenty of alternatives. Tungsten's expensive. Tungsten's expensive because tungsten is the best. Yep. That's why. Like it is. You you fish the same, you know, uh weight jig or you know, sinker, uh, like a drop shot or something. Um, you're going to feel everything with that tungsten, everything yep. in comparison. It's like watching like traditional standard definition television and then HD TV. Like it's just that much, that much more of a, of a game changer. So like if yeah, you, if you're in a situation where you've got to use tungsten, why the hell not? You know? Yeah. And when you, and that's why we, we take this, and we offer it at a rate like generally I've done the math and generally mm. we run like 80 to a dollar 15, like per weight cheaper. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, because that's great. We want, we want everybody. Like if you were to take one of our 10 packs, say of a three eighths ounce mm-hmm. 10 pack, and then you go to a different company, we won't name names and they're offering it in a three or four pack. Yep. Like it's going to cost a lot more to get 10 weights from them. And like we, yeah. we're not doing it to like screw over somebody else. Like we just want people to to try tungsten out because like I'm that guy. Yeah, like, I don't have a pro ti reel. Like my nicest reel is my uh, Tatula, and it's just the the one fifty Tula. Yep. Um, I got it in a trade. Yeah, uh, I traded for the Kestrel reel that I wanted to give away. Oh, there you um, go. Like I don't I don't believe in paying for the big name unless it's truly like got a reputation to back it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for and, sure. When I tried tungsten, man, I, I bought some cheapo Walmart tungsten. And like at first I wasn't sold on it because they had that like painted on coating. That's just like not that air air powder coating. It's like this painted on coating. Mm-hmm. But then I tried like the first company. I think it was Wu. I tried some Wu tungsten. A buddy of mine gave me it. It had yep. that powder coating on it. And like, man, it was like night and day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I instantly got rid of the only lead that I have in my tackle box right now is chatterbaits, uh, spinnerbaits. And some old shaky heads from a company that's not around anymore. I don't know if you heard about them or remember them called Third Eye Fishing. They got bought out by Z-Bait Co. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a, I've heard of them. A buddy of mine in Spartanburg, and he made some really cool shaky heads. They were really similar to the um, to the Sixth Sense Divine shaky head. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, but every every Sixth Sense shaky head like that that I own, the hook was loose. Or you catch a fish once or twice, and the hook would whip, would wobble. Yeah, but the ones that the ones that Max made, man, they did not. They were spot sturdy on, sturdy as hell, huh? Just yeah, I, I still got like four or five of them. They just you know, they they just do the job and they stand up perfectly. That's pretty awesome, man. I can get behind that, and and you know that's the thing. I think that. For a lot of folks, like, you know, terminal tackle is really personal. Like, there's a lot. I love the creativity with different rigging techniques. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and the choice that you make is is really, it's, it's you know, it's it, I think it comes down basically to personal preference, like what you like. Um, yep. and, and it's awesome that there's companies out there. So now, how is it that you got connected with Reaction Tackle? 
man, I, I found them online kind of the same way. I found them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I did, did my research, found out that I could order directly off the website, started doing it. And I don't remember if I reached out to them or they reached out to me. I think they reached out to me about like pro staff. Yep. Um, and I started doing that. Uh, it, you know, it was fun. Um, you know, we, we talk about pro staff stuff a different day, but I, yeah, I, exactly. I really enjoyed what I used from reaction. Like they were the first brand that got me using the, the, uh, screw lock yep. uh, hooks, which I still use theirs over NACO's only because like reaction offers a bulk pack and NACO only does like two or three packs. But I yeah. think that's because right now we're going to start designing our own hooks. So we're, we're about to change that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that's, and once, once I started liking them, man, it's, it was boom. Is I love the chatterbaits. I think that the uh, reactions tungsten chatterbaits. Like you don't necessarily have to have a tungsten chatterbait, but there's something about the heads that if you if you've got them and you use them, if you reel them really fast, like if you're doing like a standard cadence and then you kind of speed it up just for a second, they twitch just a little bit differently. Yeah. Than like a normal Z-Man chatterbait, and it adds a nice action when you have like a blue. And you know, something like that on the end of it. It's funny, like you throw like a half ounce tungsten versus a half ounce lead and you get a much much more downsized presentation and sometimes that's what matters like when i have people that ask me all the time they're like well why would you use tungsten if you were using like a presentation like a chatterbait where you're not looking to feel rocks on the bottom you're not looking to feel the bottom at all you know you're mm-hmm. up in upper higher up in the in the water column and really i you know at that point, what you're dealing with is the fact that the density is the way to, that it is. The head of that bait is just naturally going to be smaller and more compact. Yep. So there's there's that to be taken into consideration. There's some folks that will think, "Hey, that doesn't really matter to me." You know, what are we what are we talking about? How much smaller? You know, um, but it's there was I forget where you're I saw. You're also going to feel that bite. Like oh, you're going, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what you say. I'm not a scientist, but you're going to feel that bite. If you've got a tungsten head on there, um, unless it's just one of those bites where they just inhale it and you snag their lip, like when they thump it, yeah. like you're going to feel you're gonna it. Feel a tungsten that. jig head, yeah. every hit feels like you're fishing a flipping jig. I will tell you, first time I started using tungsten, I was setting the hook on like every single piece of grass. Uh, I would, you know, I drag something through. I'm like, was that a bite? Boom. And I'm like, no, well, hook sets are free. It is what it is. And there's a little bit of a learning curve. I think that once you kind of figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, and you realize exactly how sensitive it is, you, you start to make adjustments, you know? And then if you're, you have another presentation that's in lead, or if you're like us, where right down South below us, we can go to Connecticut and use lead all day. And which is nice, but you throw that and you're just like, oh, this is not as sensitive as it was. Or, no, or, you can't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah, it really, really doesn't. Um, and one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite jigs to use, and this is why I buy the ones from Reaction, mm-hmm. um, was the the owner blockhead jig. It's just an EWG little. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite call it a mushroom head jig. It's like not a ball head jig, but it's like almost a cylinder. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, okay. But it's a nice little jig head, and it does the job for if you haven't figured out. Like I need tech pose everything because I hate getting snacked. Yeah. Um, but like when I ran out of some tungsten jigs one time and I knew that my order from reaction wouldn't get here when I needed it, I picked up uh, some of these at a local shop because yep. I hadn't used them in forever. And it was like, just not the same. Yeah. It felt heavier throwing it because it had that bulkier head on it. Yep. And it was just like, I felt like I was missing bites because like they weren't dumping it and I couldn't really feel what I, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same. It's yeah. just not the same. 
No, I could see that, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, if you've been listening to the show at all, you know that we we have a tendency to talk about lots of fishing adjacent type stuff, and and one of those yes. things is uh, is food. So, what what I'm looking for, and, and selfishly because I'm putting together a little a little uh, itinerary of places to hit when I'm in different areas. Um, so, okay. I'm looking for like the mom and pop greasy spoon spot that you're going to go to. Uh, either after it's been a great day in like, you know, a feeling of celebration or you're going to go to drown your sorrows because it's been a rough one on the water. Okay. So that's, I hate to do this cause it's my job, but like it has to be the place I work at. That's in Landrum. That's the hare and hound. Fair enough, man. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of places around me. Yep. Begin with that are like mom and pop and not a corporate place but then you, when you when you go into some of these it's just not what you want i've never left this place which is why i started working there without a great meal without great service and man burgers beautiful buddy, let me tell you yep i'm all about it i'm I'm all about it i'm a burger guy you know gotta be yeah no 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 i'm i'm all about it um now let's talk uh where the hell was i going with this um oh I got a good one for you. So you said you've been fishing now for what, what a few years going, going at it, yeah, you know, go, go with some on, tenacity. Right at three years now. Yeah. So it seriously. And I'm just like, as my, my girlfriend tells me all the time, I'm dope at first to it, trying to learn as much as I possibly can about it. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure that you've taken a dive at some point with your friends where they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, so, Hey, teach me how to do this or something, you know, or they ask you questions about fishing. And, um, what is the one thing you would give as a, as a bit of info for a newbie, like going out there that you're just like, yeah, you should be doing this. Like one thing that you would suggest for somebody who's fishing in your area for the very first time. It's kind of a long thing. If that's all right, that's fine. Like it is. Go for thing. it. So you guys touched on it in your last episode to a, to an extent. Yeah. Um, like YouTube's great. Podcasts are great, but tune out everything and focus on the fundamentals. Like this is at the end of the day, yeah. there's no rule book. This is, this is a wild animal that we're out there chasing. Um, this, this is hunting for us that don't hunt with guns. Um, or maybe we're looking for another, you know, hunt when we're not using the guns. Exactly. Um, and this, this is, or pew pews, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that. Oh, on, um, on a podcast, okay. yeah, you can say whatever you want. Okay, cool. So th- this is, th- focus on the fundamentals. The only way you're truly going to learn is time on the water. Yeah, Get out there, 100%. find out what works for you, what works for the area you're fishing, try some things out. If yep. it doesn't work, don't write it off. Just try it a different day. Yeah. Um, don't jump into the color game. Pick one color for like stained water and overcast days and one color for clear water and bright and sunny days. Mm -hmm. And once you get those figured out and dialed in, then you can try other stuff. But stick to the fundamentals and the basics and realize that at the end of the day, it's about getting the right thing in front of the right fish at the right moment to get that bite. And there's no there is no one solid thing other than you got to have patience and you got to hold your mouth right because that's important. Yep. I think the biggest thing when it comes to folks that are getting out there fishing is I I hear this a lot about like, oh, I guess this is they just didn't want to eat this today. And, you know, or or one other actually, let me back up a little bit and say this. The thing that's unique about fishing, and I've said this on the show before, is that fishing is a sport that is like one part science and one part art like Mm -hmm. and those two things don't necessarily always line up together. 
You know, I mean, you, you, the science would tell you like, Hey, the fish are behaving in this way because of these conditions. They're, they're biologically wired to do this thing. What's going on. But the art of it is, you know, it can be technique. It can be rigging choice. It could be the creative level of putting together your presentation. Um, it might just be the way that you fish it, you know? Uh, there's a lot that kind of comes into play there. And I think that the one thing that, you know, you always hear that confidence is key. Confidence is like, it's like that. It's almost like that sixth sense, you know, having a good sense of confidence in whatever it is that you're throwing. Like, no, I can get bit on this. This is what I'm going to throw. And sometimes that confidence is that little extra edge that you need in order to be able to hook up and, you know, ultimately divide and conquer, you know, that's really what it gets down to because you'll have folks that just, they believe in fishing this presentation. It's something Mm -hmm. that's performed enough for them. And for whatever reason, they manage to get it done, you know? And I like that with uh, a stick bait, five inch stick bait. Everybody wants to throw it weightless on the wacky. And I'm not against that. I've done that quite a bit, but my go-to weightless stick bait presentation is a four alt to a three alt Texas rig, um, because it still wobbles slowly when it falls. True, but you can twitch it, and it almost looks like a flute darting through the water if you do it right. Yeah, I agree. I do that with five inch ones all the time, and I it's that versatility. Like for for some folks, like for me, it is all about versatility. Like how can I fish? This one presentation, I've been all about this one jig, this one finesse jig, uh, since like midsummer. From that, uh, that I, I actually got from Dark Horse Tackle, and part of the reason that I was so into it, I'm like, number one, it's got a skirt, so it's. Is this the baby dozer? Uh no, this is the uh, the Giltec finesse jig. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is. It's almost like a small Ned style jig with a hand tied skirt on it. So that skirt is going to slow the fall a little bit. It's going to bulk it up and slow the fall, which is terrific because sometimes you you need that. You know, sometimes it's not about getting that that bait to zip by them and cause a reaction. Sometimes it's having it just slow down. But the other thing is like the choice of trailer. You know, I, I've been throwing them a lot with uh, the Riot Tantrum, and I love it. I think that's a it's a great pairing. But I've also fooled around and just thrown a small, you know, two point eight inch Kitek on there, and then come to find yeah. out that that jig was actually designed for that presentation. So now this jig can uh-huh. be, you know, you can swim it. It's like a little tiny finesse swim jig. It's 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 out of this world, and and uh, it's just become, I, I on one jig, I've 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 caught a, a a good number of decent fish, and it's it's becoming one of those other confidence baits for sure. It was it actually landed in my ranking, for um, for the my top five favorite baits. It's just been one of those things, and I'm glad I discovered it. But it is it's that versatility. Like oh, I'm fishing a spot where. You know, the forge here, there are craws in this lake. Great, cool. I can I can throw the craw presentation, fish it on the bottom if they're, you know, hitting the bottom, if that's what they're 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 doing. They're feeding off the bottom. Great, perfect. I've I can do that. But I can also throw a paddle tail on there and you know, buzzing around weed edges and get bit as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a little swim jig. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can there's there's a lot that you can do with it. So that's pretty awesome. Like confidence, I think, is one of those things that often gets overlooked. But I'm with you. Like, yeah, you stick to the basics. You know, take all that other noise that the industry is giving you and just stick to what you what what you know, 
you know, and, yep. and make the best of it. I love that. Um, so that confidence can also be, you, you can create that confidence to it. Like, and a lot of us don't realize that like you, you just said something about jigs and like I fish rivers a lot. You think that I'd have like, man, I could tell you all these stories about jigs yep. I've caught on a or fish I've caught on a football jig. I can count on one hand the amount of fish I've caught on a skirted jig. Yeah. Um, and that's because I don't have a lot of confidence in it. And that's partially because I don't force myself to walk out and just keep one tied on all day. Yeah. I'll take it off and not grab it again. Knowing that I probably just passed by one three or four times and he just wasn't looking the right way. And I didn't think about it. Yep. Um, so we also have to kind of like force ourselves outside of our comfort zone sometimes to grow we'll that confidence. Finding yeah. new things that we're confident in. Yep. No, that makes makes perfect sense. What are your uh, what's your short list of pet peeves when you're out fishing? Like what 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 is it that you're seeing when you're on the water <sighs> that you're like, you know what really you know what really grinds my gears? Like that. Okay, so you talked about uh, fishing, I think in your kayak. And you had some wreck yackers swim out right in front of you, like 20 feet away from me when they had 600 yards to go through. Um, uh, I don't have that much problem with kayakers doing that because it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But bass boats. And I, like I, I hear it a lot. Oh, it's just because you don't have, I don't have a voice changer. I put one on myself. You don't have a bass boat. So you just, you just met. No, I, I have respect and you don't. Yeah. So exactly. if I'm sitting here um, early in the morning, I got out here, I got, in my got my kayak loaded in before you could get your truck in because the gate wasn't open yet yep. and i got loaded in um so when i'm fishing this point don't come rolling up on me yeah. and literally troll right in front of me because i almost came to fisticuffs with a guy because i was sitting there and he slowly came in and i watched him and he kept coming in i said hey man i'm kind of like hitting this point right here and he just looked at me and kept on trolling so yeah i cut my line off i tied on a half ounce football jig and I flipped right on top of his deck and he just looked down at my jig and I hopped it right over the lift of his boat. And I said, the next time I'm going to hit the side of your boat, if you don't get out in front of me, it's like, <laughs> come on, man, have respect. Like, don't, yeah. don't intend, cause it's not clueless. It's no. carelessness. That's it's exactly disrespect. Yeah. And we're supposed to be a community. Yep. And like, we're not going to continue having that community type relationship with people that do stuff like that. It's like, Oh, well, I don't have to give you the respect because I troll on up in here with my boat. Yep. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And especially like there's people out there that can't afford a boat, can't afford a kayak. And if they're bank fishing, like they shouldn't suffer and have the little access that they already have taken away from them. When you have a 17 acre lake or whatever to go at, like, come on. Yeah. It's funny with, you know, I feel like, you know, there are, there are, there are, there's a potential for assholes to be in any group of folks. So, you know, like, I, I read this before in a thing. Like, yeah, everybody likes to think, oh, yeah, you know, stoners, people that smoke weed are fucking generally so laid back and cool. Wrong. <laughs> there are assholes that love cannabis. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're out yeah, there. Yeah, there are. You know what I mean? There are assholes in any group that you have. And, like, <clears throat> with, like, the situation that you're describing there, I just shared something earlier this summer. It was a post from another angler, and he was out striper fishing from the from the bank on this big, like, rock jetty. And this boat rolls in, and the guy, like, literally his answer, when, when the guy shouted out to him, he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm fishing here. He's like, there's fish all over the place. Go wherever. The guy, his answer was, worry about yourself. You know, if you don't like it, go and get a boat. And it's not about that. Oh. It's like... If that's like, you got to understand folks, like 
just because you made whatever decision you made to get a, a different vessel to fish with does not give you any kind of like VIP treatment at the lake. You know what I mean? You're just another asshole that's looking to catch fish. That's it. That's what we all are. So, you know, when people ha take that attitude of like, oh, well, I've got a boat or, you know, and I know this is going to piss some people off, but you know what really pisses me off? When what? you're fishing and there's a tournament going on and somebody uses that as like a, hey, man, uh, you know, can I get in this spot? I'm in a tournament. And? And I know that there's going to be tournament anglers that are going to say to me like, oh, you should give them the spot. Money's on the line, blah, 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 blah. Well, if I was in a spot, I was in a spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm an angler like anybody else. He would have got there first. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's that's what happens when you, you know, you're having this event. Other anglers that are not part of that tournament are, you know, part of it. Now, I understand there are some folks that are going to say like, oh, well, if they're if they're competitive fishing, and I'm just out here fun fishing. I'm like, number one, all fishing is fun. Shut the fuck up about that. Yep. <laughs> like all fishing all is fun. fun, whether or not you've got money on the line. That's your business. It's not mine as an angler. So if I'm fishing a spot that, you know, I'm you, maybe it's a brand new body of water and I have no idea of what's going on. I just happen to stumble on your area. It's it's it weighs in the same as if I've been fishing that body of water my entire life and I've caught my PB off that spot. And I'm like, fuck you. If, if you're there first, you're there first. People who think they're entitled to other spots or think they're better than for one uh, reason or the other. You know what kind of people these are? Lance, these are the kind Pieces of, of shit. fucking people that they cut lines. You know yes. what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying okay. to get a cup of coffee. Oh, God, it drives me nuts. I have one more pet peeve. But Hit I me with it. Leave. I didn't want to say this is like my pet peeve because this is one, like you said, this can trigger a lot of people. It oh, might yeah. even trigger you as you are a parent, correct? Oh, yes. Um, also, people, not fishermen, because people who take their kids fishing, usually the kids are preoccupied. Definitely. People who are out hiking or at like, Wreck places or public places yep. that take their kids or their dogs with them and they just don't pay attention or are oblivious or careless. I live, so I went out to one of my favorite spots to go to. You have to get out early before the tourists get there. Yep. Um, it's a public park area, but you can catch some really nice smallmouth and largemouth. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm out fishing. I keep my headphones in sometimes because I don't like the majority of people. And I'm listening to my music, and I notice that there's a little kid following me around because people have started showing up. Yep. And I'm tuning them out. I take one of my headphones out, but I'm tuning them out, and I just notice that he keeps saying, like, can I fish with you? And I was just, no, no, I don't know you. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm not your and responsibility. I'm doing, my thing, doing my thing. Like, and I, like, my girlfriend says it's rude, but it's like, I just, like, I don't know that kid. And I was raised to not talk to strangers, and he's just come to find out his parents are sitting on the rock making out, doing their thing while their kid runs around. And eventually, like, he picks up one of my rods, and I like, take my other headphone out, and I was like, hey, buddy, I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, I don't know you, and these are expensive. And you almost stepped on them just now, so I, I really yeah. prefer you, like, not touch my things and go back to your parents. And it's like, people who let their kids just run around and people who I'm out there fishing, and you throw your dog's toy out in front of me. Yeah. So now I have to reel my crankbait in really fast and hope that Fido doesn't get one stuck in his tail. Yep. Um because you didn't take two seconds to first off realize that almost every public park has a leash law. Yeah. But also like oh, yeah. pay attention and see that, you know, there's seven people on this bank and all of us are fishing and you throw your dog's toy out there. Like mm -hmm. it's probably not the smartest decision. Yeah.
You know, that's that's the thing. I I, I get that too. Like my I, if if I said this. I just recently shared something that was like, there are some people that will say that I am, you know, a, a wonderful soul and the salt of the earth or whatever. And then there are other people who will say I'm a cold hearted asshole and I am yeah. both of those things. <laughs> I act accordingly. I can understand not wanting to take responsible res responsibility for another person's kid with something like fishing, because like. Well, you know, what happens if this kid is dicking around with like a jerk bait or something and gets a hook in his hand or something like that? You know what I mean? Yep. Like now that's my problem. Hey, that's to deal the way with. I think. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's like, you know, I, I and it's so funny. Like there was just this one like it's tough. There's a time and a place Were you were you on the bank. You must have been on the bank at this uh, point. Yeah, I was on the yeah. bank. It's, it's only access to this place because it's a nice river. Yep, that's um, what makes it so tough. DuPont, DuPont State Park. That's what makes it so tough is when – because we have a, a body of water that I fish uh, a lot up here where there's hiking trails that are all over the place. And, and my favorite is like where like you know somebody will be walking their dog and I'm sitting in my kayak 20 feet off the bank. You know, like pitching to a lay down and then some hiker with their dog will throw a, a, a stick into the water, you know, where I'm fishing. And I'm like, what? This happened to me one time. And I, I never even mentioned this on the show. Happened to me one time and they threw a stick in there and it happened to go across my line. And I was like, all right, where's the stick? I should probably reel up because the dog's coming in. I hook the freaking stick. Of course you did. You so know, did the dog follow it back? Uh, he did, but I threw it back toward the bank, and uh, and that was kind of just it. I was like, whatever. You know, the the hiker was just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, mm, you know, you can pay attention to these things. That'd be that'd be great. It is. It, it's it's interesting because there are there's there's this clueless, you know, recreator on the on the on the bank, and you know, not really paying attention and. You know, folks don't take that into consideration that like, oh, I'm, I'm having an impact on this person who's trying to use the same facility that I am for the way they want to. And we're both able to do that. Like, it's just like you should just you, you shouldn't impose your own shit on somebody else. And especially when it's oh, something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, welcome to my TED talk. Welcome to my TED Talk. It's, I would attend this TED Talk any Tuesday, sir. It is, it is ridiculous. Even though it's Friday. Yeah, it is, it is ridiculous, though, because, you know, I, I can definitely see where that's a pet peeve. And I think I think it happens so often that a lot of times people don't even talk about it, you know? And there there is the other side of it. Like, I know that I, I just, it was so funny that we were just talking about Brandon, but Dustoff had posted a reel yesterday. And in this reel, he was uh, getting his, he was rigging up his boat, getting things ready to go, and, and there was a guy uh, a, a young kid i don't know maybe like like 10 12 years old something like that comes up to him and starts asking him questions and i guess Dustoff like had a conversation with him like for a half hour or so and he edited it down you know as much as he could to put this reel together he gave him some baits and stuff and he had questions about fishing that is different you know what i mean yeah like that's different than when your kid just comes like wandering over and grabs your stuff <laughs> yep. Like I want to fish too, you know. That's the one nice thing about about being on the water versus on the bank is that you can just get away from that. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get in my kayak and just yep. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna go and get out of here and I'll, I'll come back when you're gone. It'll be fine. Oh man, that is ridiculous. So I tell you a sport I love so much, it's caused me to really just have a modern distaste for the modern human. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's I don't think you're alone in that. 
at all. Mm-mm. I think there's a lot of people who are with you. In fact, a lot of people out there, they fish specifically to just get away from people. And I'm here yeah. for it. I, I think that is 100% the way to the way to make it happen, the way to go. Um, it's a good way to reset, man. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Um, let's discuss your uh, – so really, actually, let's dive into this. I'm looking for you to – oh, you know what? We haven't done this question in a while, actually. So let's say Sean the Fisherman, who the fuck is Joe Brown and myself, we are heading down to your neck of the woods. We got the you know the white uh, Jigs and Bigs van. We're cranking Metallica, maximum volume. We're coming to your place, right? And what we're going to do is take you out fishing at an unnamed local body of water, a spot that you fish regularly. No idea what the mm-hmm. conditions are, no idea anything. But here's the deal. You can bring your tackle box, you can bring all of your baits, all your presentations, but you can't bring any rods or reels because we're going to stop off at your favorite tackle shop nearby, give you the Jigs and Bigs corporate card, and you can build a combo and spool it up with whatever it is that you want for line. What is it that you would build? <sighs> You know, everybody would say probably like a DC and I, I haven't ever owned a Shimano, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. try something that I'm not familiar with. Sure. Um, I'm really loving Daiwa right now. Yep. So with me having the, just the standard 150 Tatula, I'd probably say like the next level up from that. Sure. Smart. Um, just like whatever they're, you know, like nice to re- I just think it's, it's a really nice reel. I love the way the grips feel. I love mm-hmm. the, the guide system. Yep. Um, which I think, you know, with me being new to using braid and everything too, that that's really helping me keep from not backlashing and yeah. nests and like crazy. Um, and rod wise, man, they don't sell the rod I like in stores, so we might have to order it, you know, ahead of time. All right, okay. But it's it's, it's going to come from Texas. Okay. It's going to come from a company called JB Three Rods. Oh, um, all right. If you, have, if you haven't heard of them or used them, you need to check them out yep. because. I won their general purpose rods it's called the Vanquish. I won one in a giveaway. Yep. Um, and it is, I still have it to this day. It's one of my favorite rods that I use. I brought it with me down here to the beach. Um, it is a workhorse of a rod. Um, yep. I didn't know how I'd like it when I first got it because it felt a little bit thicker than some of the other like medium heavy fast rods that I have. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's I crank in taters with this rod. All right, nice. On the regular with no problems. That's awesome. So that's that's my combo. That's pretty uh, awesome. Uh, their newest series that they just came out with, uh, medium heavy, seven foot. Yep. And that Daiwa, um, just a standard like one fifty. And, and what, I'm, I'm good to go. What are you going to put Let's on that spool? Around. What are you going to spool it with? Um. So I really like. Um, the last time I tried it, Seagar. I, I tried to like. Their like entry level package they just came out with. Oh yeah, long. the They're new stuff. Tactics. Yeah, it's hot garbage. I, I, that, that's hot garbage. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. <clears throat> oh, so yeah. I had a good experience with it. Um, other than I didn't like the fact that the color faded relatively fast, but that made me want to try like some of their like actual braid. Mm-hmm. Um, but not if so. If, if I'm going to listen to your advice because I do enjoy your podcast and you seem to have pretty sound advice. I don't know. I think maybe I fall into what everybody else has, has been talking about. What's that? Uh, everybody uses Power Pro. I think a lot of people like Power Pro a lot. It's funny with Braid. Yeah. Like, I think when it comes to Braid, Braid is like people have their favorites for w- whatever reason. But to, I mean, in general, like 
I've used, what have I used for braid? I've used, I use, obviously I use a lot of reaction. I use, uh, actually yeah, every, course. every spinning combo I have has reaction braid on there. Um, I had been using their, uh, 50, what was it? 50 pound braided. Uh, was it the no fade black? It was the, mm. no, the no fade black on my frogging setup. And, uh, I actually changed out reels recently and I, I, I needed to replace a bunch. This is when I went to Maryland and I was like, Oh, snakehead, let's go. And I put on some Bass Pro XPS and I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. Like it's no. it's not bad. Like I feel like with braid, it's a whole lot more. I'd say it's more forgiving. Like there's some brands that are louder than others, and and to some people that matters. Some are a little bit smoother. Uh, you know, it's like so. It's it's you know, if you have your favorites, it, it is what it is. And personally, I think going braid to a floral leader, if you trust yeah. your leader knots, go for it. I'm here for it. You know, if you have to downsize the versatility, I think that there's always a little trade off. Obviously, you know, you got to tie new leaders periodically, which kind of sucks if it's windy and you're a kayak and you're all over the place. It happens. But, you know, I, I'm here for it. Um, you know, I think I want to make you cringe. Are you ready? Go hit me. What you got? So uh, I use braid on almost all my setups. I really don't have any straight floor lines. When we go out, yep. when you come down here with the band, I honestly might spool up with some P-Line tactical fluorocarbon because P-Line is honestly one of my favorite regular mm -hmm. line brands. I use braid to a copolymer leader. Oh, now, really? I use a fluorocarbon coated copolymer. Yep. But I use like the most affordable copolymer that I can find, and I love it. And that's P-Line Floor Clear. And let me tell you, it ain't let me down. Really? And now, if I break off, it's because, like, I will say 95% of the time, because there's always room for air. Sure. 95% of the time when I break off, it's because Lance fought, you know, four fish today and then didn't retie his line after being yeah. drugged across storm drain covers and rocks and stumps. We, um, yeah. Like we lost a really nice bass that way this weekend. Yep. But we've we've learned recently. This stuff. That's, that happens. This stuff is light. It, it's a thinner diameter line. Um, every line has memory, and if you're like I learned, if you're if you're a serious angler, yep. um, you're changing your you're changing your leader every weekend. Uh, especially oh, if you're fishing every your weekend, leader, you're changing your absolutely. leader every weekend. Once you go out and take yeah. a, a three or four day trip, yeah. and then you throw those rods in your closet or throw them in your in your garage, especially if they're exposed to heat, any line um, is going to get that memory stored up in it. Yep, but um, I've noticed like I've been out all weekend and I've just noticed that one of my rods has started like there's a little bit of memory sticking up in my line but this stuff like it holds very well it does really good on a spin yep. rod um, and I don't break off how long, of a, how long of a leader are you putting on oh buddy let me tell you so I started off doing just like you know I thought my arms extended are like a little over six feet Uh huh. so I would do like the I'd pull off like arm length like two or three times mm-hmm and then I noticed, like, I'd go out on the water, and there's nothing more frustrating than being out on a windy day and trying to retie a leader. Oh, that line. sucks. So yeah. I am running probably way too long of a leader. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I was curious about. Now, what are you tying for a leader yeah. knot? Just out of curiosity, because running that's that's the thing. I I find that in my spinning combos, I'm like that. I'll put a 14 to 21 foot. 
uh, yep. leader on my spinning combos because that leader knot has no problem going through those guides no, with, with with no issue whatsoever. Bait casters are a little bit of a different animal. I don't like the to... The knot that I'm tying yep. is like the easiest that I've learned, and it's a very thin knot. I couldn't tell you the name. I want to say it's, it starts with an A. It's like an Arbor Gas. Or, I don't know, but it's, that's, that's probably not it. Is it an Albright but knot? But it's like... And that maybe okay. I don't okay. know. <laughs> maybe again. I'm like I learned it one time, and yeah. I like watched the video several times and learned. So basically, you make your loop with your leader, you run your braid through it, see all bright, and like you just tie your braid around that loop with with a smaller diameter line. You mm-hmm. just loop it around more, and then you go back to your original loop. But you just have to make sure you go out the way your leader way came, came in. in. Yep, yep. And then you down tight, and it makes a very nice thin little knot and the only thing is it, it matters more so with a spinning reel than a bait caster you have to get some good cutters and cut as close to that knot as you can yep. you have like a little bit of your fluoro leader sticking out when you go to cast your spinning reel it will catch yeah yeah but I, I got that figured out quickly and that's that's my go-to yeah it's funny i use i i like and here's the thing this is not the skinniest knot for for my leaders i'm a double uni guy Okay. I I just think the idea of having a knot pulling against another knot, it, the physics make me think it is among the strongest. It's not the easiest to cast. So I, I don't I don't run a single bait caster where I go braid to fluoro. But, and this is why I said like you know if it's a one rod type situation, if I were go okay here's a good example. Um, I'm looking to get at doing a, a BFS setup, right? I'm yeah. considering it. Um, and, and primarily the reason is uh, for the ability to bring and select a single rod uh, for a v- wide variety of finesse fishing situations in creeks. Um, that's primarily what I really want to use this thing for. And I'm considering doing braid to leader on that um, so that I have the option where I can put uh, a leader on for something that you know I I where visibility might be a, a question, um, and mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still on the fence too. I might I might spool that with mono, uh, but the reason why I want that is because I want to be able to throw a topwater and not impair it at all. You know, by having fluoro try to sink on the front, especially with like so, smaller so layer a, stuff. Here's a, that's 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 what I was about to tell you with yeah. my leader. And again, this is not super expensive stuff, but I'm like it's the best out there. Yeah, but it works for me. Um, this, the the floor clear, it's a copolymer, but it's fluorocarbon coated, so it will sink. But it's a slower sinking. Yeah, 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 exactly, line. exactly. So I can run. You have to, I have to be a little more cautious when I'm running. Yeah, uh, like a prop bait. Yep. Or something like yeah. I, I have to be a little more like making sure I'm keeping my raw tip up. To yeah, a certain exactly, extent, exactly. Or, or I don't slow down. Yep. But walking baits, popper baits. Yep. And again, like I can throw a jitterbug or or. Um, a prop bait on there. I just got to pay attention to it. I have no issues with it. Like I caught so many fish on the, uh, the cheap pop from Nako. Yeah. Um, this week while I was gone. And it's just like, it, it's so easy. Cause like the line will sink, but it's not sinking. And like, I don't know about you, yeah. but it, like, it's not like wintertime where I have to slow down when it's hot or it's early morning or evening. Like all I You're need cooking is like them. a four to five second pause. Yeah. And I don't have enough line sinking then to make it where I can't pop. 
yeah. continuously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, that's, you know, that's just really worked for me. That's that's the whole thing. Like I would in in that specific situation, like I would I would uh, still stick to my fluoro leaders, uh, but I would just if I'm switching to top water, I cut the leader off and then I tie a new leader yeah. on when I need to. You know, and that's a like I said, that's like a single rod situation. Trying to figure out what the best move is. The best move it might be it might be mono. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not against that necessarily, but um, what, what I'm getting at is the the knots. Like for the a bait casting rig, I don't like to reel that leader knot past the guides. Oh, I so hate it. My leaders for a bait casting setup. When in the past, when I have run braid to mono or braid to floral, rather, I've only put like a two foot leader on. You know. It's generally. I should, I should probably shorten up my bait cast leaders. Yeah, that's. I find that that is that's where I have the most issues. I try to keep that knot from going down the first uh, guide, if if at all possible. You know, um, especially because I make the choice to throw with a like a double uni, and it it that that fucker will get caught on that last guide a hundred percent of the time, just because it's a it's a fatter knot. And with some of the, yeah. especially on the bait casting stuff, I'm not using, I'm not using eight pound leaders and like 10 pound braid or six pound leaders. I'm using like, uh, like 14, 15 pound leaders on like 30 pound braid, like stuff like that. Oh, okay. So it's, it's beefier on the bait caster. So that's just, I mean, that's, I'm thinking out loud and this is our, my listeners are probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bobby? <laughs> Well, see, I was, I was, that's why I was like, I mean, everybody's different, though. So that's yeah. Thing. I don't look at it that way because, like, we talked about earlier, like, so whatever works for you, man. That's exactly like, it. I run a 30 pound, like, I thought when I first started watching these YouTube guys, it's no expense to a lot of these, like, I call them gimmick creators because they're more about, like, what are we doing this week instead of just, like, fishing. Um, but, like, I watched a lot of these guys that were fishing 50, 60 pound braid on, like, everything they did. And, like, I thought that's what I needed to do. Oh yeah. I fished 30, 30 pound braid on my bait casters with a 15 pound leader and all of my spinning setups, except for my ultralight, I run a mm-hmm. 20 pound braid with a 10 to 15 pound leader. Yeah. I mean with a, with that, sorry, with that, with an eight to 10 pound leader mm-hmm. on a 15, 15 to 20 pound braid. That's yep. what I meant to say. Um, and that's, that's, that, that works great for me. And again, like, I'm not going to say I don't break off on fish. We all break off on fish, but it's not a regular. It's it not happens. a point where I'm like, you know, yeah. I should probably look at changing up my line a little bit. That's exactly um, it. Like, there's a threshold where you're just like, you know, maybe this is actually a problem, you know? Yeah. I was no. very upset this week, man. I lost two catfish. Um, like I said, I lost that one this morning, and it was a yeah. nice one. Like, I was ready to lip him and take a nice picture and be like, yeah, I got a, got a good one for the last day out here. And then I caught one, like, first time ever catching a topwater catfish. It's like those videos you see Jeez. of people out in the rivers in the middle of nowhere. Yep. But I hit this pond, and I was still in the G-pop, and was just working it on this bank. Yeah. And I, I had seen a blow-up that I thought was a big bass, so I threw it over there, just working it down. It's like I paused for a second, and then he hit it, and I was like, whoa, that's not a bass. I could just tell by the way he was fighting. That's awesome. And I got him up, like, just to where I could see it, and my line went, you should have changed me, and popped. <laughs> Man, that's that hurts. You should check out our multi-species tournaments. I think you'd get a kick out of them if you like catching cats. I, I was thinking about that this morning. Y'all was actually listening to y'all. Yep. On the Vinny episode, talking about like, to anybody can get in. I was like, you know what? Like, I can fish you around. Don't have to ice fish. And like, oh, I've yeah. had some luck in twenty-seven degree water catching big bass with spinnerbait. Yep. Like, I should probably do these little online. That have fun. Yeah, it's it's freaking bananas the way that. Um, 
these tournaments have, have played out like it's a lot of fun. Like the tournament guys love them because you catch bycatch while you're out pre-fishing or something. And this is, you know, those fish can go towards something. You know, you win a little bit of money. It's not a bad thing. Um, I would I would highly suggest you check it out, dude, especially like because you can fish from the the bank. You can fish from any type of a vessel. Um, basically, any public body of water is up for grabs. And, you know, the only real required piece of equipment is a catch brand measuring board. That's it. I got to get me one of those. Yeah. Send me the link when we get done with this. So yeah, absolutely. Today's the last uh, day to join the September one, but we're, <gasps> we're doing one in October. And uh, I'll sign up for the October one. For sure. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. We're going to be dropping that, I think, on the 15th. That one will go live. So okay. it'll be pretty cool. But yeah, we've been having a blast with it. Like, if you like catching multi multi species and you, you like just experimenting, I, I find that it gives my fishing a little bit more purpose. You know, when I'm like, like right now, especially because we're early in the month, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, I kind of need a trout. So I'm going to start choosing the bodies of water that I'm going to make sure that there are trout near there. And then as it gets a little bit t tighter, I might start thinking about different bodies of water that specifically are the majority of fish that are caught there are trout. Uh, and if it gets really bad, I might start just looking at the state, you know, uh, schedule for stocking and do what I got to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I just sent you two massive warmouth that I caught this morning. I'm pretty sure they're warmouth. I don't know. I could be wrong. Those um, sunfish are, oh, yeah, they might be. Or just giant ass bluegill. Dude, those are huge. Yeah, dude. Or uh, you I have very small feet. For a second. Wow. Because, you know, sunfish kind of just go limp halfway through the reeling process. I've noticed, like, yeah. even warmouth, like, the only ones that don't are crappy. Like, most sunfish, bluegill, you'll get them real in, they'll fight really hard for a second, and they kind of just play dead. Um, and just go dead weight. Random question, and this maybe this is this is inappropriate, but what size shoe do you wear? Uh, that is a 10. That's, oh, uh, that's a croc. I think that's actually an 11. That's an 11. That's a big ass sunfish. Yeah. Bro, so the one by my foot. Yeah. That's, that's the first time in a while that I've caught a sunfish. That's my personal best mm -hmm. warm out. Um, that's, uh, could be my personal best sunfish if that's what it is, but that's the first time I've caught one, you know, where the truly big ones have like that hump right where their belly starts to like yep. come down past their gill yep. instead of just creating that perfect little shape. That's the first time I've caught one of those. There's an Instagram, uh, there's a girl on Instagram. She farms, like works on a bluegill farm. Uh, I've seen her. Sarah Parvin. Yeah. Sarah, the clothes. I think she does real estate too. That's how her name's that way. But like, yep. she works on one of those farms with this fat bluegill, like almost like the ones that uh, Gary Yamamoto has at his farm. Wasn't and, she, isn't her thing that she's trying to basically farm like a five pound, like specific, I don't know if it was like a, a, yeah. a red ear or, or, she's or what to, it was. She's trying to breed like record... Yeah. Like not just not just like the size, but also the certain species. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I forget what this species is, but that's it's it's kind of amazing to see. That's um, that's yeah, awesome. It's copper nose, ain't it? Oh, it might be copper nose. Now that you mention it, that sounds sounds about right. And yeah, um, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. I caught one not too long ago. They're pretty beautiful. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever. I don't know that we have those up here. But who knows? Man, down here. You get on some of these ponds, especially some of these private farm ponds, and yep. it's like Pops told me growing up, if there's a creek or something that flows to it, it's bluegill can get to it, they'll take it over. Oh, yeah, they'll like absolutely. Or whatever, and yep. you catch. There's these two nature preserves near my house, and not only is there like dinner plate size crappy, but yeah. there's like slab, bluegill, red ear sunfish, yep. red breast. 
pumpkin seeds. Like it's just all of them. They're just all up in there. That's it's crazy. It's such a good like and and hearty. You know what I mean? Like they're not the type of bait fish that you look at the wrong way and they just die. Like shad, no. just die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, these things are man. They're like I, I call them mini piranhas. There's a the nature preserve I go to. If I if I'm going like. You can go back on my page and like people have given me crap all the time because like I post mm-hmm. everything I catch because I love fishing and I don't love catching bigs. Like I love catching bigs, so get me wrong. Sure. But that's not what it's about for me. It's about the, like catching the fish. Um, yeah. Yep. And if I can't get a bass to pick up on me sometimes, uh, I'll throw on my ultralight and put on a one thirty second ounce ball jig. Hell yeah. And I can go tear up these little bluegill from the bank. Like I can watch them. Even when they're not bedding, like I can just watch them from the bank and just be like, doop, doop, doop. And there we go. And I just caught three dinner plates That's awesome. in an hour. And That's I'm good. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, dude. So we got two questions here. And this is like, well, why I say one question. It's like a two-parter. We're looking for okay. two things from you. First is like, like imagine you're at an event or something like that. Or maybe you're at work and somebody says, oh, yeah, you fish. What is that story that you're going to share with them? The, the story that you're like the most proud of on the water it might be a PB. and It might just be something where like the shit hit the fan and it was memorable or something like that. Whatever it is, we want to know that story. And then on the flip side of that, we want to know the biggest <laughs> type story, like where it all went to <sighs> hell. Yeah, just thinking about, just hearing you say that, like, just thinking about that moment, because I know that moment, and, like, I will forever, like, remember this moment. So we'll talk about the good one first. Um, so there's this river in North Carolina that has kicked my butt for the longest time called the Broad River. I, I thought it was, like, unfishable. And, you know, there's places you go to, and everybody does. I don't care. Mike Iaconelli's done it. There's no fish in here. Uh, that's how I felt about the Broad River. Yeah. And... Man, I got out there one day. I went to this small little town of Hot Springs, and I got to this opening, and I started waving up the river. I could actually get in and walk in it for the first time ever. <laughs> and I just saw, like, you know those rivers where you could just see the boulders sticking up all across the river? Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, this is this is it. That's like, I, I got this bone white. Not a lot of people know about it. I think it's called the XB1 or the XB5. It's a coffin uh, square bill oh, from yeah. uh, Excite Baits. Yep. Um, I got it in a monster bass box and it's this bone white color and I tied it on and I was like, man, I'm about to catch a small mouth up in these rocks. Just watch. And first cast, I caught my, to this day, personal best small mouth. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say he was close to three pounds. It used to be my profile picture for the longest time until I changed it. That's awesome. But it was just, that set the tone for the day where I caught five small mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught a catfish on a rattle trap um, on a, the Yoziri one knocker. I caught um, a nice little catfish on that. Oh yeah! And then I caught those those two sauger. So it was just a good day. All I like that will always be like this moment. This, oh yeah! This is like most days where you're like, this is why we do this. Yep. Because this feeling that I lost every bit of like a fish that was bigger than the first smallmouth that I caught that day mm-hmm. at my waist just because I was having so much fun. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I done called another big one. Oh, I'm excited. And then he just like came off and I was like, oh, it's okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, one will pick you up from another, you know, that's, that's how it is. And then there's this day. Um, my girlfriend is so supportive of me fishing, which, you know, a lot of guys make jokes about, oh, you know, you know, the, they, they have to, you know, lie to their women about what they're doing or sure. you know, there's jokes about it. Like my, 
we'll be coming back from a wedding. She'll be like, you want to pull over and stop? And this is this is what? that one day. We were heading through town. There's a spot in Spartanburg that I like. It's this old little bridge. You can't fish the dam. There's signs up. The warden will show up. But you can fish past the dam. Yep. So there's this bridge you go up underneath. And um, unlike a lot of bridges, this bridge actually has a really deep drop-off right at the base of it. Oh, wow. And I've caught, I've caught some pretty nice bass right at the base of this bridge. Hmm. And she was up at the car doing something, and I had this was on a reaction tackle shaky head yep. with a third eye fishing um, dojo worm. Th- third eye's uh, trick worm was like thicker than a normal trick worm. It was yep. pretty sharp. Okay. And I had it tied on, and I hooked. Man, it, I mean, it had to be a three and a half, four pound. I mean, it was a big one. <sighs> and I got it hooked, and I'm hauling for her, trying to get her to run down. Baby, baby, I got a good one. Next thing I know, like you're mid excitement, you just feel that pop. And I just like, I just drop to my knees. And there's some fish you lose and it's just there, yeah, whatever. And there's yeah. some of them that you lose after having like, you know, a week of being skunked. And you think you finally got off the skunk train. And then it's just like just Mother like, Nature decides to give you yeah. one more slap in the ass just to make sure you know you're getting beat. Yup. <laughs> Ooh, man, that was just. That was a rough one. Yeah, that was, is she, really tough. She came down there, and I was just like, F, son of a F, mother, bop, bop, bop. She was like, what happened? And I, I got aggressive and blamed it on her, and I was like, I was trying to get your attention, and you weren't paying. She was like, I couldn't hear you. And I was like, it's not your fault. <laughs> exactly. You're like, what fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'll be that'll be the one. I mean, I have another story, man. It's not like a huge fish or anything, but it's really what got me wanting to bass fish. Um, yeah, it's like I, I went that? out with a buddy of mine and gave me one of his rods. He's like, you mm-hmm. know, you want to try it? And um, I didn't really catch anything, but I enjoyed it. So I went out to Walmart the next day. I bought a ten dollar Zebco spinning reel. Yep, and a couple of the uh, Zoom, uh, not Zoom, the Cream pre-rigged scoundrel worms yeah. with like the two hooks in them and a little propeller and some beads. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't know what I was doing. So I took a split shot weight, like a real small, I think probably like a one sixteen, and clipped it up ahead of it, like a foot and a half, maybe. Yeah. And took that thing out and was running it down a bank at a local place and probably caught like a little less than a pounder. Okay. On this, this little 96 cent lower and some cheap leads, gremlin sure. split shots. And I was like, this is, this is fun. Yeah. That's, that's like all it takes. Adrenaline rust that hit me. And I was like, this, like, I did this. Like, I didn't just throw a worm out there and wait. Like, I was working it. Like, I did that. This is, this is what it's about. That's I need amazing. to figure out, like, how to do this more often. That is, it's, it's so funny too, because like, so you were running around that kind of like a tiny little finesse. Carolina rig, really? Kind of, yeah. You know, that's kind of nuts. And then it's 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 wild. Like you're right. When you catch a fish for the first time on an artificial, where you were imparting the action on it, you were the one that was actually you know finessing that bait in just the right way to get that fish to actually eat it. There's a, a different sense of accomplishment with that. I can remember like fishing. Man, was it? I think it was Strike King makes a a plastic this creature bait. I think it's called the Space Monkey or the Cosmic Monkey or something like that. Yeah, this, the Space Monkey. I got a pack of them just sitting at the house. I haven't even opened yet. I need to check them out. They're they're pretty slick. Like they really are. They they almost look like a tiny frog with like a little bit more 
uh, exaggerated arch to the legs. Um, and I used to just Texas rig those and and drag them along the bottom. And I, the, I remember the first decent fish that I ever got on one of those. I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is actually like I can do this because it's funny. I never started out throwing Senkos. You know what I mean? Because most people, when they just start, especially if it's like later on in life, people say like, oh, yeah, plastic worm, stick bait. You're good to go. And that's like the first thing that you'll throw. First things that I started throwing, like the first artificial I ever really threw was a square bill. And then I was throwing chatterbaits, not knowing anything. I was throwing them on spinning gear. It's all I had. It was an awful, awful combo. This old eagle claw, like two piece. It was just ridiculous. And oh yeah, yeah, it was just it was nuts. And you know, I would I would you know occasionally catch fish, and it was just pure luck. Like I was, but slowly the pieces started to kind of come together. Of like, okay, this is where fish will group up, or I'm starting to learn a little bit more about this body of water. And uh, I, I'll never forget that on that plastic, the Texas rig uh, space monkey. I was like, man, this thing is freaking. This is the jam. And for a long time, the space monkey is what I used as a trailer. You know, for my jigs. I because I had them around. That actually sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, it it, it was a pretty good idea. It was it really was. And I mean, they kick like hell. Like they're definitely a good thing. I would use them on a on a heavy Ned rig too. You know, um, they kind of look like that. Um, like that. Uh, what's that brand? Is it Ten Thousand Fish? Yeah, they got that thing. They're like a water dragon thing. The Zuchi bug. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, what the hell is the name of it? It's like a little Ned style bait. No, all- no, not the Ned thing. That's the Sukoshi bug. That's the what Zuchi I was thinking. Bug. Of. It's got like like a water dragon. It's got like wing fins and crawl like really twin tail grub huh. for legs. It's, it's not exactly like the space monkey, but it's similar. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah I haven't thrown one it's of those in a while. Cool. I know I've got a pack lying around. Man, put 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 your space monkey just because I like I said I've seen him. I just haven't used it. I got a pack of Alabama crawl coats in at the house. Yeah, I should uh, do that. Put it on a shaky head. Get one of those reaction tackle quarter ounce shaky heads. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, put one of those creature style baits. That's a trick that I've learned recently from another fishing podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one of the first ones I listened to. Um, they just changed their name recently to Aggressively Average Anglers. Oh yeah, I know but those they, dudes. Paul, Paul, I think it was Paul. One of them talks about fish, fishing a creature bait on, on a shaky, shaky head, head. instead yeah. of like a Carolina rig or a Texas rig, like a lot of people do. Yep, fishing it on a shaky head, and like that's that's the move. I mean, that's like some of the only ways that I've getting I've gotten bit on a creature bait um, is throwing it on a shaky head. It's it's funny, man, because like for a lot of people, that would be the way that they would choose to fish a Ned weedless is to just use a shaky head. Because you can text pose hmm. it with a creature bait, you know, um, or you could do it with a with a stick bait, cut it back a little bit. And they're like, you know, this yeah. is a, yeah. a, a handful of people that I've, I've talked to are just like, yeah, you know, I like to do a weedless Ned and I just use a, a shaky head of whatever variety of size. Um, but I think it's funny, like I throw shaky heads and I, I almost always throw a shaky head on a ribbon tail worm almost always oh that's yes because it, oh especially if you get the right ones that yeah some Very of them are up. yeah some of them are they work really really well that was for me that was the uh the primary focus when i got my first shaky head fish ever which is actually not too far after i caught the first fish on a texas rig plastic i was like wow this is i'm, I'm on to something i'm unstoppable <laughs> i'm gonna take over I'm going to be the next Ike. 
And that's why I you know, feel like that um that ball head jig or that mushroom head jig yep. reaction has that EWG. Oh like, yeah. I get theirs for that mushroom head and then I'll get a pack from a, a company called Harmony Fishing because they have a ball head. They have the ball sometimes head. Sometimes that ball just can you can get into some rockier spots where oh, that yeah. end doesn't get hung up. Uh I, that's a cheat code. Man. I, I like to think that I'm a little responsible for uh uh reaction tackle carrying an EWG Ned. Uh, because well, for the longest time, because I was using the ones that they have that have the weed guards and they're fine. They're yeah. all right. But I would tell them, I'm like, there are places that are making, I'm telling, and I, I, I had said to him, I'm like, if you guys make this in tungsten game over game over, yeah. I'm like, and, yeah. and they, they did it. I was like, Oh, this is perfect. I love those jigs. I, there's a part of me that wishes that the hooks were a little bit heavier duty. Um, yeah, but it has yet. To but every one of them is like that. There's not one on the market that I've tried so yeah, far. That's, that's like the the text bus. Because when you get down to that size in tungsten, like you have to have a smaller size hook, or yeah. it's just it's not going to fit right in the mold. That's yeah. that's what I've been told so far. Yeah, no, I, I, it makes sense. But yeah, I was I, I was blown away with it. I was like, that is that is something. But I love I love those Neds, the EWG ones. And there are some people who it's a cheat code, man. Yeah. They talk about, you know, Oh yeah. Well you throw those and your, your hookup ratio goes down, you know, maybe, maybe, but you know what? You're not going to be hooking any fish. If you're, you know, hung up in a bunch of, you know, weeds or, you know, you're, you're sticking a, a lay down, you know, and you're breaking off. You're not hooking up. Oh, at all right, there, though. You know, our, our ratios do go down. They I do. Don't hook up they do as much yeah. with logs or rocks or stumps. That's true. Or oh, trees or anything. Yes. Um, I definitely catch more fish with them because you know I'm spending less time retying or yep. ordering more because I lost an entire pack in one outing. Like I just I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I don't. I have standard. I've even learned a trick if the bait's like the right size with it. Like because I don't have any mushroom head. Like regular yep. jigs, I have ball like ball head jigs that I'll use for a Ned. Mm-hmm. But I've I've figured out a way to like expose my hooks, kind of like the, the the standard shaky heads. Like yep. I'll just thread a little bit of the hook through my plastic, turn it around, and just do it at, at a certain angle where I can just bend Absolutely. that hook in my plastic and yep. still expose because I'm not no I'm not I'm not given any more of my of my hooks yeah. to those sticks and rocks. Absolutely, I just can't make myself do it. It ain't happening, man. I love it. So, uh, Lance, this was awesome, dude. This is this is really really great. Why don't you do me a favor? Let folks know where they can find you on social media if they want to follow up with you at all, anything like that. And also, with any companies that you're working with, feel free to shout them out, drop some promo codes, anything like that. This is your moment. Oh, it's so easy. So, all of my socials are uh, at Lance likes to fish. All letters, no numbers or anything, except for on TikTok, it's Lance likes to fish one. Because uh, I made one time and it messed up. Anyways, gotcha. Um, so everything's Lance likes to fish, and with Nako um, and Reaction Tackle, my code is the same thing. It's Lance likes to fish. Makes it real easy. Fifteen percent discount for you. You check out, um, and you know it's ReactionTackle.com, and then you can mm-hmm. check out Nako and all their tungsten and terminal and tungsten based terminal um, at NakoShop.com. So that's it. It's awesome, man. This is really great, dude. I'm glad we were able to have you on. Um, I had a blast. I really appreciate it. Conversation was great. Awesome, I expected man. it would be. And yeah. I'm really grateful for your time and the opportunity. Ah, this is awesome. Next time I'm down in your area, I'm going to hit you up. We're going to do some fishing. Oh, we will do it. Sounds good, my friend. You have yourself a good one, all right? All right, you too. Thank all right, you very take much. care, buddy. Bye-bye.
We are back. Let's welcome everybody. That was a great interview. It is so nice to have guests back on this show. I'm, I'm very, very excited by this. This is, this is a very, very good thing. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about this week is that it dawned on me that, you know, we're in September now. It's the ninth month of the year. We're closing in on the end of the year, really, only a few months out. It's a couple things that are going to be happening. Folks, uh, Jigs and Bigs is going to be crossing the 100,000 play threshold. And that'll be happening in the next 30 to 60 days. Um, if it, the the trends that we've been seeing are any sort of indicator. So that's going to be happening. And for that, we 100% thank all of you. You are amazing listening to this show, telling your friends all about this stuff. In fact, uh, I had a conversation with Steve over at Martin Customs ba Custom Baits um, about so all kinds of different things, actually. But it came up, we're going to be having him on. Um, they're launching a brand new product, and uh, it's it's uh, a collaboration with a professional angler. We're going to actually have everybody on to talk all kinds of good stuff. But he actually had told me, he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, uh, no shit. I've had like 30 or 40 people in the last two weeks mention Jigs and Bigs to me. And he goes, you guys have people listening that really fucking love your show. And I was like, they're amazing, aren't they? Uh, and delusional because they seem to think we deliver something that's of value to them. And for that, again, like we thank you guys. You're absolutely awesome. So I love the fact that you guys are listening. You know, I have to, I have to thank Dark Horse Tackle for that too. Including our stickers in their box last month, I think was a huge, huge help in uh, in bumping up some listens. So that was freaking amazing. We appreciate that. But it dawned on me, like I said, we're getting toward this end of the year here. And I'm like, man, I have nothing planned for next year. Now, granted, my schedule got a little out of control this summer with events and uh, all that other stuff. And I didn't really get out to all of the places that I was hoping to. Like, I didn't fish South Carolina because financially I just wasn't able to kind of make that work. I needed, I couldn't miss that that week of work. So didn't didn't get to do that one. I have uh, you know camp hook set coming up uh, this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be absolutely awesome. But I want to go back to Maine. I want to do some other stuff, and I want to go out to the Midwest this year. I'm thinking Wisconsin or Michigan. Um, I'd love to take and and do like uh, I, I there's some some shit I got to figure out um, and. Some of that is going to come in the form of like getting really comfortable with moving my rig uh, into some of these interesting areas. So this past week, I did a little bit of research and I, I discovered something. Have you guys ever heard of something called the NEBDR? Uh, Have you ever heard of that? What that stands for is the Northeast Backcountry Discovery Route. And there's one in the Northeast, there's one in the Mid-Atlantic, there's a couple in uh, the Western parts of the country, there's a, a good amount of these all over, and they're basically, you can find these maps, and it mixes up uh, dirt, gravel roads, trails in these areas, and links this route that's suggested uh, for you to go and kind of enjoy. And the NEBDR being the one that's closest, I figured I would take a good look at. Well, no shit. It goes right past some bodies of water that I've fished in the past. Like, it, it starts in upstate New York, um, kind of in the central part of the state, 
or or out toward that general direction, makes its way through New York. It comes into Massachusetts, then dips down into Connecticut and does a tiny little U-turn. I do the same thing generally when I'm going to Connecticut. I get the fuck out usually as fast as I can. Um, is, is, is what I'm trying to do. Uh, so the route kind of does that. It dips down in Connecticut says, oh, wait, hold on. We're lost. And it goes right and it goes right up the shears and it goes right up into the mountains and goes north into Vermont. And from what I've been told, the Vermont portion is the most challenging, uh, for a vehicle. Um, I have been told by some folks, I've reached out to some folks in the Overland community, specifically some content creators that have put some stuff together about the various BDRs around the country. And uh, I got some info that basically if you have some ground clearance and a four-wheel drive vehicle that's got okay tires, you're fine. It's going to be all right. This will, And there's bypasses in areas that are a little bit sketchy. So I did some conversating with Becca and I said, have you ever looked into this? This could be a lot of fun. Like this might be right up your alley. And she's like, that could be pretty awesome. And I said, you know, I've been looking at the route and it goes right past a bunch of great bodies of water to fish and interesting spots that have a lot of history behind them. So I'm like, the content potential is crazy. Um, now, like I said, the Vermont stuff is kind of nuts. Like it, it, it uh, I've looked at some of these videos and like these are class four roads, which are generally unkept. Like they're not managed. They're not like they're they're not improved. Like if there's ruts, there's just ruts. You know what I mean? They just it is what it is. So some of these class four roads are kind of nuts. I'm going to go and give it a send and see how it goes. But the BDR does have like offshoots that you could take to, to bypass certain things, which is kind of interesting. Then it goes and it cuts across New Hampshire and goes into Maine and it goes up all the way to basically the Canadian border. It's in total, it's about 1500 miles. Uh, I think is somewhere between 1300 and 1500 miles. I want to say, and then I was, I was speaking with this one content creator um, and their channel. I'll, I'll give this a shout out. Cause they're going to be on the podcast too. Uh, hopefully soon. Uh, they are known as uh, I want to say it's Logan party of four runner. <laughs> you see what I did there? Logan party of Forerunner. So I had, I had asked them about, you know, uh, their, their knowledge and they actually had recommended. They're like, you know, the mass one you can definitely handle, but they're like the one that's the easiest because they've done them all. They're like, it's the mid-Atlantic backcountry discovery route, which starts in Pennsylvania and ends in Tennessee. Hmm. I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. And I'm like, if that works out the way I'm kind of hoping it'll work out, then I'd love to make a trip. And where it dumps out in, in Tennessee is kind of like closer to the Smoky Mountains. And I mean, that's kind of a spot in Tennessee that I know that uh, Mrs. Roast Beef wants to hit as well. So that could be that could be very interesting. So that's on my radar. Travel for 2024 is I'm looking at that, but I want to focus. I want to try to plan a trip to the Midwest. I really do. Uh, you know, obviously, maybe maybe this show on uh, uh, in Columbus is going to allow me to make some connections to put something together that's closer in that area. Uh, but I would love if you guys have any suggestions, shoot us a DM uh, on on spots that I should pay attention to in Michigan, Wisconsin. I mean, a anything out in that area. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm not looking to put my kayak on the Great Lakes. Uh, that's I want. I'll say that right now. I want to avoid that. If I'm going to do the Great Lakes, I'm going to go out with a guide. You know, 
Um, but I'm not looking to drop my yak in there. I'm talking about places I can I can drag my kayak out and uh, and and experience a different part of the country and just you know maybe sink a few days into one specific spot. I think that could be a lot of fun. You know, make grilled mortadella sandwiches by the campfire. That's what's happening at Hoodlum Fest or at uh, Camp Hookset. There's going to be mortadella thrown thrown around loosely. And Loosely. probably some jigglers. Oh, there's definitely going to be some jigglers. The Dynavap yep. is going to be glowing red all night. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm actually going to bring this bad boy, too. Yeah, you know, we forgot to mention my delivery method that... Yeah, let's get back to weed. Bong, let's talk to bong. Let's talk about bong hits. It's been a long time. You haven't you haven't bong. done bong hits in a, in a while, have you? No. Well, took a took a bong hit or two, and my God. Yeah, it's magic, dude. Forgot what that was like. I went yeah. right to bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Kills me. I will tell you, I, I know that this has been debunked and a lot of people are, but like I'm like I'm an old school bong hit kind of guy. Dude, <laughs> I, I like throwing a few like solid ice cubes in my bong. I do. Have you ever have you ever put anything other than water in your bong? No, always just water. Have you you haven't tried Kool-Aid? No, Kool-Aid, really? No. You got to wash it out when you're done. I'm sure you really do. Really well. Staying like, yeah. Why don't you give Kool-Aid or Gatorade a shot? Just saying. Really? Yeah, just give that a whirl. Huh. All right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, you know, that sounds like a back in the day. Back in the day when we were just smoking Mexican shit brickweed. That sounds <laughs> like it would be a much more like interesting thing, but now there's flavor notes of this 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 uh, industrially grown cannabis that you could never detect in that hot garbage that you used to, you know, smoke while listening to Naughty by Nature and, you know, <laughs> Cypress Hill, are you fucking kidding exactly. me? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's there's it, it was a different animal back then and it did not have the flavor profile. So I could see we're maybe changing that up. But I, I will tell you, I like a good cold bong hit. Mm-hmm. I'm just, hey, it's just me. It's just me being old-fashioned. So I will have my cooler stocked with some some of the good ice, and I'm going to be popping that. I'm going to take this, this this bad Larry down, you know? I'm going to exp- assume that there's going to be some hoodlums that are not going to indulge. Uh, but I'm going to guess that there's going to be some that just fucking might. Maybe we'll have a real nice freaking interview, because I'm going to be recording down there. Maybe we'll have a nice, nice interview with Ryan Nye, post Jigglers. There you go. Ryan O'Brien will be there? I think so. Oh, there you go. I believe so. Yeah, could be pretty good. Oh, what do we got here? Chrissy Fishing chiming in here. She says, I played lacrosse in high school, but they don't let the chicks beat the hell out of each other like they do, like the guys do. Chrissy on some Jigglers? That seemed to come from out of nowhere. No, because... Biggest Nickus above oh, that biggest said, Nickus. I always hear about lacrosse, Wisconsin. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Chrissy's, Chrissy's riffing on the lacrosse. We get, we're good. Gotcha. We got you guys. Yeah, I got see. I, I missed that. Uh, lacrosse, Wisconsin. All right, I'll look around. We'll, we'll see what we got. We'll see what we can, we can, we can put together. I'd love to connect with uh, somebody from the area to be a guest on the show. Like go, like go, j- Just like what I did with Delirious in May. Same kind of idea. Like go, and it doesn't have to be in the spring. It could be later in the summer if if that's what works better or or works schedule wise. I'm open to it. So throw me some suggestions. I would love to get in on that. Um, 
couple of things you guys need to know about. I am working diligently for you this week to get some stuff together for our 200th episode. 200th episode is uh, coming up. We're at 183 right now, and uh, in January, we will be celebrating our 200th episode with an amazing game dinner uh, happening in Chicopee. It's going to be, uh, we're going to, it's going to be uh, Jigs and Bigs, the Chicopee shit edition. Yes. True. Real talk. Chicopee Chet, who knows if we're going to be able to dig him up and uh, drag him out for this, but it should oh, be he's exciting. coming. He's coming. He better. He better. Um, want to also give a shout out today I was on the water and I, I bumped into uh, a past guest of the show uh, Adam uh, not Adam Alec Plotnikevich you guys have seen his stuff on uh, on the, the Instagrams and the, and the TikToks and everything uh, his stuff is fantastic bumped into his uh, his tournament partner uh, that we all fished against Adam how you doing Adam nice bumping in we had a great conversation about water conditions and clarity. Um, I will tell you guys, I could tell that they got a shit ton of rain, not just because of the water conditions today where I was, but a shit ton of rain last night because that water temp was at 72. 72, and then it rained again, so. Yeah, and you know, we talked about this. It's mm -hmm. a little weird because I had water temps in the 80s up in Maine. Dude, I had 80 in, in, at Stockbridge. Yeah, it's like, crazy. It's, fucking crazy. It's, it's just absolutely banana sauce. I don't even know what to what to say. Yeah. So I was really, I was excited by those those lower water temps. I was just like, oh, maybe I'll get some trout on the board. Hmm. And that's really why I was out where I was, because I'm like, yeah, deepest spot. Let's see if we can get find some trout. And they nuked those weeds, and they did a good job this time because there are <laughs> uh, very few weeds happening anywhere. Hmm. <sighs> Guys, the weeds are a good thing. It'll, it'll clean that water up. It's a fucking good thing. It's nature. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this fucker up. Thank you guys for uh, another amazing episode of Jigs and Bigs. Remember, uh, if you would like to shoot us. Oh, what do you got, Joe? Just waving. Just oh, waving to just the jig <laughs> I thought that was a raise you were raising hand. your hand like it was cool. <laughs> I, I'd like to say something. Huh? <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. That was me in the porta potty. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, We'll go ahead and we'll wrap this one up, guys. Again, uh, uh, we've been getting tagged all over the place with people catching fish and tagging us. I appreciate that. Keep it going. Um, as always, if you could, throw us a review over on Apple Podcasts specifically. Leaving us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts really does kind of stoke the algorithm in our favor to kind of get some some more exposure. Uh, I, we have been, um, we've been looking at uh, our... We have an audience. We have a, a a sizable audience that we're 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 very impressed with, but we uh we we're not really hitting on some of the ease ease of discovery as we would like to. So if you guys could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that will help in that department quite a bit as far as getting us higher up in the rankings and people finding us a little bit easier. I'm talking about the oh you listen to this you might enjoy this you enjoy the word fuck you should listen to jigs and bigs you know that kind of thing. Um, as always, have yourselves a great week, everybody. Uh, it's been a little bit wild. Hopefully camp hook set doesn't turn into hurricane hook set. I'm hoping that it blows off soon. This, uh, next seven days is probably going to be a bit cloudy for me as it's your boy's birthday week. And, uh, he has a tendency to celebrate mildly, 
But uh, we've got lots of fun stuff lined up for you. We will see you guys in seven days or more. Jigs and Bigs goodness. Like we always say. Dits and ass smokes and